our new fun song to start the commissioner evaluation show from herms thank you at herms nfl for all your introduction needs thank you very much there mr herms uh welcome to the commission evaluation show today's noon show should be fabulous as usual but this week we skimmed through some fantasy championship week 17 nfl news nfl rumors waivers injuries as well as some mighty mcglynn dynasty trades and we'll evaluate a team jt how many championships are you in this year Oh, man, got smoked in a bunch of semifinals this week. I only made it to two of them. At least the two I made it to was my auction home league. Uh, I knocked off the number one seed and my uh, big time 217 dynasty league I commissioned. That's our home uh, dynasty league. Slid into the championship game, so I'm pumped about that. Uh, seven years running this league. I've been in the championship game the most of any team in the league, and I've never won. This has got to be the year. i got to get it done. I'm just lucky that I, I got in a couple leagues, but the people whose teams are way better than mine lost. So I'm like, I walked in like, yes, this is great. And then I'm playing against guys who got like Derrick Henry is probably going to sit out this week and shit like that. So I'm like, this works out great. I may have just like walked into a couple grand just doing nothing but being the jag off who makes stupid trades and like got in the championship. You know, that's it's better. It's better lucky than good, I guess, you know, so I'll take it. But uh, so this week we have a guest, uh, Patrick Quinn at. Patrick Quinn 07. How many leagues are you in this week, uh, this uh, year, Pat? Uh, just one, just one, because I can't, I can't handle like five leagues. <laughs> so me and JT were in on a team together on uh, a college league. And, and uh, we also had a pro league too. So I guess technically too, the college one, we just killed it because we both are like, we, we know college football really well. And that's kind of my focus with the line guys and um on the nfl side i'm not so much the guru you know i i hate to uh admit that but uh yeah i'm just we won the college one but the nfl one we just we got two as our quarterback so there you go yeah well i talked to him to get in this league with me as a c2c startup league and i told him i said right off the bat i said we're gonna go heavy college we made a couple trades of our NFL early picks for college guys. And cause I said, we're going to load up early and we're mm-hmm. going to go young stud college team and build our pro team. So that's kind of been our format. We just missed the playoffs in the NFL, but we just got fine. a loaded, yeah. but we got a loaded college team that should have a ton of stud picks coming next year. And we should be in the mix to win it again in college league next year. Oh, absolutely. This is great news because I just joined the Kansas can league this year myself. Uh, so um, I, I plan to do a lot of off-season content with JT, and you know this is great that you're you know college guy too. You're more than welcome to jump on the show whenever you want to, but uh, 
I'm just getting into the college game. I was always in my family was always Notre Dame season ticket holders. Uh, so I've been to probably five games at Notre Dame every year, including, you know, and then on top of that, the blue gold game every year for shit since I was like four years old, all the way until probably my freshman year of high school. So, and I still go to a couple games a year if I get a chance to. So that was really the only college I followed. I, you know, of course you watch the games that are on, you know, the, the chip, you go out and bet on all the, the playoff games and the bowl games and New Year's day games and all that kind of stuff. It's changed a little bit now, but, I'm getting back into college now. Uh, the problem is that the only time, the only thing you could do is that fan, that fan tracks for, for, for campus kit and stuff, you know, and it's, it's fan tracks is terrible. I wish that sleeper would implement getting college people on. I mean, it would be, if they did that, there would be no reason to have any other, any other like platform to play fantasy football on besides sleeper the rest of my life, you know? Yeah. Fan tracks is it, it takes a little while to get used to the thing that helped us on the C2C side was I'm in a dynasty hockey league on fan tracks and I had been for two years. Uh, and that first year I was so lost. I didn't know how to do anything. It was really complicated. But the one thing I do, I will shout out to fan tracks that I really like they did. They implemented an automatic substitution for college this year mm-hmm. because they're really bad about like if guys are out less second letting you know. So they actually implemented where you can number guys one to nine on your bench. And if a guy sits out and plays zero it automatically subs him in for you. So you don't just take a zero out of nowhere. I thought that was a great thing that they added this year, especially on the college side. Cause a lot of times you don't hear about those injuries until the game already has started or like, you know, five minutes before the game. And if you're not watching the pregame show, you're in trouble. So I actually thought that was a great thing that they, uh, they added this year. It, w- it was pretty nice. That was a definite to- advantage. Yes. Go ahead, John. Not, not knowing how to use fan tracks and not knowing who the hell's on my fucking team I just drafted had I was like double whammy, like, what is going on here? And on top of that, it's best ball. So I don't have to set any lineups. It just does it for you. You know, Jeff Bell did a really good job setting this league up for us and the 35 man NFL, 12 team, 35 man NFL rosters and 12 team, 35 man college rosters too. So I got Caleb Williams, a couple other guys like that, but I literally have zero running backs. I'm, I think my best running back is, you know, I think, uh, shit. I don't even know. I, I, I can't even, my running backs get zero every week. Like, I don't know. I didn't draft running backs at all. And then all of a sudden there was a runner running backs. I got Khalil Herbert. I think is my best running back in the entire league. So, and that's including the dynasty league, the, the campus can league. I didn't actually have running backs, but I got tons of quarterbacks. So I'm stacked at quarterback, stacked at wide receiver, stacked at everything else. So at tight end. So I'm, uh, I'll be able to trade for some running backs um, going forward, but it is yeah, we we kind of lucked out in our league being both Illinois guys. We kind of just waited, 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 and then jumped on Chase Brown right when we thought was about a round before everybody else would get him. Mm-hmm. So obviously he crushed this year leading uh, in rushing yards. And then we smoked and we, we kind of – a lot of guys in our league since it was a startup with freshmen, sophomore studs. And we went and waited way till way late, and then we took senior guys – on like kind of off teams that were going to have big years that people kind of forgot about because they weren't real NFL caliber guys. So we had Brian Roberts from Air Force murdered this year. He had like 1,800 yards and like 25 touchdowns. Uh, we had Mims from Fresno State. Mm-hmm. Again, another guy that's a senior. People didn't think about him a lot. He had like 12, 1,300 yards and like 18 TDs. So we kind of looked out. Um, it actually was the funny thing was our best running back we took was uh, Muhammad Ali, our um, – 
uh, not Muhammad, uh, Ali from uh, Marshall, and he sat out the whole year. He, I don't, he had some personal issues they didn't really get into, but he sat out to like the second or third to last week. And we lucked out that we were so good at running back in other spots that uh, we kind of didn't need him. Uh, so hopefully we get a get him somewhere next year. But but yeah, we we had C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, we we were loaded up. We had uh, some good. Uh, quarterbacks and that's the thing I think in that league is you want to get the young studs early but you got to get those senior guys that maybe aren't going to go your NFL team but they're going to load up on stats and kind of you know not as good leagues like we had a bunch of UTSA guys University of oh, yeah. uh, Texas San Antonio oh man they murdered for us I mean literally Harris their quarterback and Franklin their wide receiver I mean those guys just put up stats every week in week out we knew we could count on those guys and and so it was like guys like that that you wouldn't have thought about we got way late I mean way late startup that ended up being gold for us yeah we went into the weeds i would say don't you think justin because mm-hmm. we were all of a sudden like no one knows about chase brown but we did and i don't know i since i'm a bears fan i try not to take guys from the bears so i had that same mindset like don't take an illinois guy but chase brown we just we couldn't pass up on him we had to go with him you know i mean we even yeah. got leary um as our as a quarterback he's he hasn't played a lick but he might but just in case. But, yeah, Richard Freshman, we, we kind of stashed him for Illinois next year, knowing that their senior was going to be gone. If they don't get a transfer, there's a chance that Larry starts as a Richard Freshman for Illinois. So, yeah, we, we got a good mix of senior guys, some young guys that didn't play at all. Um, but we had just enough guys, and our schedule worked out for us, man. SEC mm-hmm. played a bunch of garbage teams, and I think it was week nine, and it was like our semifinals. We played all kinds yeah, everybody of everybody played garbage guys. teams in week nine. Yeah, we played all kinds of Missouri guys that didn't do much for us all year that had a monster game because they played like New Mexico State. They won like 56 to 7. It was great. So we the schedule worked out for us where we were able to play some guys that we wouldn't usually start, but then we played them in a, in a kind of a, a tough situation, and then they blew up. I think uh, Mizzou's QB, Cook, Brady Cook, who everybody ripped all year, ended up scoring like 35 points for us in week nine. So it was, it was fantastic. Yeah, I think the key to the college game – is you just got to pay attention to who's the coordinators, you know, like no one knew about UTSA two years ago, uh, coastal Carolina. No one really knows much about them unless you're Justin or me and you stay up way too late to watch, you know, small time football. But yeah, uh, we had coastal Carolina's McCall, their quarterback. He crushed all year for us as a three-year starter at coastal Carolina. So yeah, we kind of, we kind of, we, we dove, dove deep into some of these small schools that we knew were going to put up some points and uh, it, it worked out for us. How was that going to translate into the NFL game with these small school guys? How, Good how question. They... Justin, tell that. Answer yeah, there's that. some of these guys. I mean, some of these guys, you're not going to, they're not going to get a shot. You're using them for C2C and you know, when they're done, they're done. Uh, but you are going to see some guys like Mims from Fresno State. Uh, he's got a chance to get picked late or maybe it'd be an undrafted free agent and maybe catch on with a team. Um, I saw the other day McCall is talking about transferring from Coastal Carolina and playing one more year in college, which I usually I would say that's probably hurts your draft stock. But if he can go to a bigger school and have – the same success he had at Coastal Carolina, I think all of a sudden he jumps into maybe a third or a fourth round pick next year in the NFL draft. Cause he's got decent size, good arm. And he's just one of those guys that doesn't turn the ball over. I, he, I mean, every year in college, he's been like 28 TDs, two interceptions, third, 3000 yards. I mean, just really solid with the ball. Um, so he's a guy, I think if he can actually end up on a bigger school next year and, and play really well, I think all of a sudden he might have a third round draft stock, which, which would be kind of huge uh, moving forward in a super flex league. 
nice. I, uh, I, I, I did a little bit of homework before I drafted my last, uh, my last year's, uh, you know, players anyway. So I did get, I traded for Caleb Williams. I got Bo Nix, Xavier. My son went to school with Xavier Validate from uh, ASU. So I drafted him. There's, I got a couple guys on my team that just because I know they, they played in Chicago Catholic League. So I drafted them. That's the only reason I even took them, you know, but uh, a couple other decent guys, you know, Xavier Worthy. Uh, so, you know, so I, I'm not knowing, I, I'm catching on a little bit, but it'll be a while. I'm in a league with uh, Christian Williams and Jeff Bell. And uh, a couple other guys like that, that, that they'd run their own. They do the dynasty. Uh, uh, what the hell? Jeez. Uh, Debbie. Um, I don't know why I can't, I can't think of the show right now, but they have a real good Debbie show for all the college stuff too. So it's, it's Debbie rewind, but um, learning this stuff is great. I just feel like it's good. I, I was always a redraft guy and then I got into dynasty and I'm like, I'm never going to play dynasty. And I got in now. I'm, I just hate redraft now. And I'm like, I'm going to try this Debbie stuff, even though I said I'm never going to do it. Now, here I am going down a rabbit hole with Debbie leagues and stuff. Now, it's just it's never going to end, I don't think. I'm just not going to do IDP. That's the only thing. I just I didn't know it. anything about Debbie and still, until I was talking to JT back in, what was that, August? And that just opened up my my eyes. My goodness. I need to get into more of these. I need to get into that 217 league, too. Yeah, it sounds like it's, it's loaded. I have loaded, to bring though. me in as my partner in that league. We'll have, we'll have to talk about that one. Okay, cool. Nice. All right. So let's uh, find out about you here, Patrick. Uh, there's no show last week. Well, I'll talk a little bit about myself first. The uh, no show last week, JT and myself were just too busy with Christmas stuff, family stuff. JT's got a restaurant and stuff. So he has stuff going. On. I work midnights, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. I got to work. I got to work days. I got to work 12 hour days on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, too. So it kind of my holidays are kind of messed up this week. I miss out on Christmas with my mom and dad, my brothers, my nieces and nephews. I didn't get to see them open their Sephora, Starbucks, Tar- Target, Roblox, and 7-Eleven gift cards, which I absolutely hate buying. I miss, like, toy sets, like Cats of Grace Gold and G.I. Joe stuff and all this stuff. Like, now there's no fun in handing a kid a gift card for Christmas. It just it makes me – it hurts my heart to do that. What Patrick, what did you get your kids? Well, I got my my son some cash because uh, he, he's hard to shop for, and he's going to the uh, ReliQuest game, uh, bowl game, the Illinois game. Uh, on the second, with that was a great mom. video you put on Twitter. If nobody saw that, check it out. It was, it was super cool. Your daughter looks so pissed off that he's going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her her jaw was on the ground. Like he gets to go to Florida without me, but uh, um, yeah, she got an iPhone. I figured it was time to get her a phone because everybody else in this house has one, and she goes over to friends' house and things like that. And kids are on all these apps, so um, it's it's heavily guarded though. Let me tell you that. So there's a lot involved in that. So she got an iPhone. He got uh, tickets to the game and some cash and a um, bunch of PlayStation games, PlayStation 5 games. And, um, yeah, you know, I tried to think back to when I was 13. All I wanted was, like, whatever Madden game was out and whatever college football game was out. That's, that would make my Christmas. So I think when I was, like, 11, 12, I was still collecting He-Man guys and shit like that and wrestling guys. Like, I was a... I was super. I played football every day. We played lob league every day. We played fast pitch. We played basketball. We played mm-hmm. everything. And then, like, we'd play. I think when I was thirteen, I think we probably had an Atari. I don't know if we no, probably not an Atari anymore. We probably had what the NES Super yeah. Nintendo Bowl shit yeah. like that was, was going on. So, yeah, a video game, a couple well, bucks. Things got serious by the time we were like 15, 16 years old. We all had. Was it Sega and Sega and then PlayStation came PlayStation out right around that out. time. The first PlayStation one right around that time. So we had multiple TVs over at JT's house 
and we'd be playing college football, you know, or we'd play. I, I never played Goldeneye because I was just not good at Goldeneye, but everybody was nuts on a golden gun. But uh, you get me playing a college football game or or Madden, I was there. Bill Walsh college football was a fantastic game. That game was awesome. Oh, that was absolutely. the Pandora's box, man. Yeah. I wish that I was one of the best games ever. I love that game. That game was great. That's going to help me more with my campus handshake when that's when that comes back. <laughs> I'll know everybody on every team from from playing that game. Yeah. Well, the the hopefully the nice thing is I don't know if you guys did this, but I was a psycho. I would go through and print off every team's roster, and I would type in every player's name. Me too. And change their number if it wasn't the correct number if they jacked it up on the game. And I had every team, all 117 or whatever D1 teams, I had every player's name and everything on there. I spent like I spent like a month when I got the game doing that. Every oh yeah, day, typing them in. I had them all. Hopefully now the NIL, they'll actually all the guys' names and everything will actually be in the game already. You don't have to do anything like that. Yeah, they they better. I mean, I did the same thing. I'd buy that. Uh, I'd go to the Walgreens or the bookstore and buy that magazine that had all the all the teams and all the names. And I'd, even if the even if they had the guy is the wrong color, I would change his color of his skin <laughs> just to make yeah, sure. Yeah, every once in a while, they'd totally jack somebody up on the team that would be nothing like they actually were in real right. life. And you're like, what are they doing? So you got to go in there and adjust them all and everything else to them. Yeah. And like, you know, like, us, us living in a campus area, you had you you knew some of the players too. So if they didn't look the same in real life, you had to change that too. So. I can tell you what Simeon Rice looked at in real life. I played head to head versus him, Ronaldo Wynn, guys like that. Like, it was uh, Simeon Rice was about six foot nine. Like you know, probably he was a bean pole back in the day. But I was blocking. I played left tackle. He played right end for Mount Carmel. And I'd be blocking him, and literally I was blocking his belly button. I'm looking up at this guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt it. I mean, that guy was tough. That was tough. I don't know if you read his book, but I, I read his book about why he chose Illinois, and it's kind of funny. Um, it, he at first he didn't want to go play football at Illinois. He, did, he didn't think that that style of defense would work, and I think they wanted him to play a different position originally. But he he didn't name the school that he went to uh, for this campus trip. But I guess there was some girls that were offered to him, and he was just like a little off put by it. So he was like, "Well, if if they're going to give me everything that I need at Illinois, and I'm not far from my family, I'm just going to go to Illinois." So I think that came down to a couple chats with Lou Tepper and the defensive staff. But good, uh, yeah, good kid. I I know yeah. a lot of those Mount Carmel kids. They I hung out a lot of those kids and a lot of them. A lot of those guys. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Mount Carmel football players were dressed in Joliet Catholic uniforms in San Rita Stadium for the movie Rudy. So that was I didn't uh, know it, that. it wasn't like Joliet Catholic kids. It was actually Mount Carmel football players because they, they went like they won four straight state championship. The team was awesome. Yeah, but they were. It was Mount Carmel High School kids dressed in Julia Catholic uniform, Julia Catholic uniforms in St. Rita Stadium filming Rudy. You know, that was uh it was just a weird situation. I learned that I today. Tell, I always tell buddy my my uh random Rudy story was I went to the last Notre Dame Penn State game when they were both independents before Penn State joined the Big Ten and it snowed that game and so it ruined a bunch of the shots they were shooting Rudy at the movie. 
or during that game. And then there was a bunch of shots that were supposed to shoot game shots during the state with the stands full. And they didn't shoot them because there was snow on the ground and there wasn't snow on the ground during that Rudy game. So there is a couple shots in that movie where you can see a little bit of snowflake and fall. I was there when they were shooting all those ones, but it was pretty funny because they did a couple close-up uh, shots of the fans in the stands, but they didn't do any of the game stuff because they were like, this is going to throw everything off because there's snow all over the place and uh, there wasn't snow in that game. So that was my Rudy moment of when I was there. They were filming some of that as well. At Notre Dame Stadium? Yep, at Notre Dame, yep. I didn't even know they were filming it at Notre Dame. I, I, I figured it so, but I, I saw the movie and I've been in Notre Dame a million times. They put the addition on there and ruined the stadium. I don't even like going there anymore because that's a stupid addition on there. You can't see touchdown. We were always section 21, row 48, seat 28 through 20, you know, and we sat right across from touchdown. Jesus, you know, it was great. It was our seats all the time. They put the addition on there. Now you can't see it anymore. It kind of sucks. I understand it's money and they got more people in there, but it ruined my childhood memories. Of is, my it cur- is it a curse that since touchdown, Jesus can't see the field. Is that why Notre Dame is losing to the schools like Marshall? <laughs> So anyway, uh, I'm going to change the subject. <laughs> He's like, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> uh, so I'm in a couple of championships this year, but uh, it is what it is, you know. Uh, Justin, what would you get your kids? I don't think we got, we got that. I, I got my kids uh, Apple Watches. That's what they wanted, my two daughters. And like, I, I'm like, why do you need an Apple Watch for? It's the same shit as having your phone. I have no idea what you need to watch and a phone. You have a phone in your pocket and you're watching your arm. Like, what? what is the, I think just to have shit, you know, there's nothing else to get them anymore. So that's, that's the things you get, you know? Well, the last couple of years, it's been whatever the new video game system is out. So I got on PlayStation 5 last year. So at this point this year, I was like, I don't even, I mean, it was like last second. I'm like, what do I even get him? Uh, this year, he's already got almost every game system there is. Uh, so I ended up going old school, got him a bunch of football stuff, got him Colts socks, Colts uh, beanie, got him a Jonathan Taylor authentic jersey. He'd been wanting a Jonathan Taylor JT jersey. Uh, but I've been having a hard time finding a good one for kids. So I actually found one. So I got him that and a few other, uh, few other odds and ends, but uh, he was pretty happy with all that good stuff. Nice, 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 nice. Yeah, I made a championship in a couple leagues, but I'm playing my friend Sean Roach in one league and my other buddy Joe Galen in another league. Most of my home leagues are riddled with the local Chicago area content creators who I found on Twitter, uh, you know, do podcasts, content, make TikToks, all that kind of stuff. But these guys, these two guys I'm playing in both these leagues, I've known since kindergarten, you know. Both these guys are just – there are a couple guys, uh, like I said – they, they try real hard. They learn to redraft guys at bottom of these dynasty leagues, and they've they've really kind of they've really kind of come pretty far as far as what they know and how they do things, and you know what what they're you know just I talk to them a lot and I give them a lot of advice, and they learn from other guys in the league too uh, how to trade, how to do stuff. And after a couple of years of being in these leagues, I'm playing them in a championship now, and I feel bad because their teams are both riddled riddled with injuries first of all, and then on top of that they're getting hit with the. Uh, you know, the, the one guy's got his two running backs, Derrick Henry and Travis Etienne, and both those guys might sit this week because the only game that matters is week seven, week 18, week 18, which means I'm going to walk to the championship in that in that league, which is it's kind of unfair that it happens, you know, but it is what it is. F you pay me, you know, they, <laughs> that's kind of how that works. Well, know? this is what I keep talking about. The NFL's got to move up these bye weeks from week 14. Yeah. They got they got to scoot them up just a week or two so that we can finish these uh, fantasy seasons a little bit earlier before everybody is – going on IR and everybody's sitting because their team's out of it. We got to figure out a way to move up those bye weeks just a hair. I had two leagues. I was in the championship and it was not this. It was last week was the championship week because they're just, they haven't made the adjustments since they changed the extra week in the season. Uh, One league, 
been a championship game three years in a row, dominated this league, and I've yet to win it. And I got upset again in the championship game. My team didn't show up. I had Tua to waddle for the first play, and all of a sudden I was supposed to win by 20. And at the end of the game, Tua ended up with two points less than he had in the first quarter, and I ended up getting beat. So it was uh, the the Tua game uh, crushed me in my championship game last week. But yeah, it's it's kind of tough with all these since they had that last week trying to figure out when the championships are going to be, when the playoffs are going to start. I'm in two redraft leagues. Playoffs start like in week 13. When you've got two two bye weeks left, it's driving me crazy. I'm like, it just, I was, something's got to be done about that because it's just, it's ridiculous to have the playoffs with guys on bye week. Yeah, it does suck. That does suck. All right, Pat, so tell me about yourself, where the Twitter machine can find you and all the, all the stuff you do and anything you do in a fantasy community or what you do in, you know, life. Well, you can find me at Pat, uh, what Patrick Quinn zero seven on Twitter. Um, I think that's what my TikTok is too. I've just started doing some TikToks, so I'm a content creator of sorts there. I guess I don't know, but um, let's see. I work in uh, like the television news industry. Um, I travel around to different television stations. Um, I guess you could call me a, a trainer of sorts. So I go to their station, train them how to use um, our software, and um, they make t- television magic. I guess. I guess I did. I produced news for about oh god, eighteen years, and then I just got so burned out on it, I needed to take a break from producing news because it was just you know I was bringing that stuff home, you know somebody else's problems, bringing it home, and it's just like I can't do that. So. Um, anyway, I, I, have been in broadcasting since I was 14. I'm 42, about to be 43. So I've been doing this a long time. I mean, how long is that? <laughs> is that almost 30 years? It's almost 30 almost. years. Yeah. Well, we, so, we, used to, John, we used to laugh at football. Uh, Patrick, after our games would go in and work the night show at the radio station after our Friday night football games, mm-hmm. game get over. Everybody else would go out, hang out for a bit. And Patrick's running off to work. Everybody's like, what are you doing? He's like, I got the late shift at the radio station tonight. And he would be running yeah. off doing that. It was crazy. He's been doing yeah, it so, forever, man. Yeah. So luckily by the end of my sophomore year, I was off the overnight shift and they gave me the weekend what seven to midnight Saturday shift and then the 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Sunday shift. So then the only thing I had to deal with was maybe a couple football practices that went late in the day on a Saturday or baseball games when I played baseball. But but yeah, yeah. I, I did radio for a long time, about what, six, seven years. So I don't have and, the uh maturity for that. Like I would go out with my friends and just drink twenty five beers and then go to work and be like, Yeah, okay, here's what happened at the game ah. today. You know, like, <laughs> well, when we were in high school, there was a strict, strict no drinking rule um with our football team. And actually I think it was our school. I think if you were an athlete and you were caught drinking, you you were not allowed to play uh, either for like a semester or something like that. But I know there was a couple kids that just never got that message quite clear and they had to sit. So I'm like, I don't want to be that guy. Um, so yeah, when, when I got to college, I had fun. So don't yeah. cry for me. Growing up in the South side of Chicago and just drinking with all these people all the time. I remember my first game when I was a junior, my brother was a senior. Uh, mm-hmm. We played for Butter Rice. We're playing Marist. Uh, Marist, our big rival right down the block, the battle of Pulaski. And we show up at this game, you know, a couple hours before the game or, you know, we're all getting dressed, getting taped up, getting ready to go. It's our first game by, you know, on varsity, we're ready to go. And our quarterback's not there yet. And we're like, where the hell's someone, you know, this guy at? Like two hours before the game, he's still not there. Hour and a half before the game, he's still not there. 
hour before the game. He's still not there. Half hour before the game, the guy's like comes stumbling in the locker room for like 40 minutes before the game starts with the blackest black guy you've ever seen in your life. For you're like, what the hell? You just happened. He's like, dude, I just born my last beer like an hour ago. We're like, what? Like, what happened to your face? He goes, oh, they, they were drinking a party ball and they were playing soccer with it. Somebody kicked the party ball right in his face and the tit of the party ball hit him in the eye and it blew up like a thing. So now we got a drunk one-eyed quarterback playing in their varsity game. Like the first time we're, you know, I'm like, this is how it's going to go. You know, the, the wow. whole season was like seven bench crewing brawls. It was like a madhouse, like the whole season long. It was just like. And that's an all boys school too, right? It's an all, yeah, that's the problem. You just go there and there was no, yeah. there was never any fights because of girls or drama, shit like that. If there was a fight, it's because some two people just really just hated each other. You went, you know, fisticuffs and nobody jumped in. It was one-on-one all the time. And just, you know, that that's the way it was. So there was no, he wore the same tie for four straight years. Nobody took a shower. It was great. I, being at all boys school was the best thing that ever happened to me, man. Man, that would have never flo- flown in uh, small town America, Illinois. I mean, I, our coaches had it so buttoned up. I mean, there were, th- there were some things I think that they didn't know about, but um, the long and short of it was you didn't see that kind of stuff on our football team. We didn't well, win state championships, though. I'll tell you that much. My son was on the team uh, that played at UVI Stadium a couple years ago. They lost to Lo- they beat Loyola like thirty-seven to three during the season. They went undefeated all season long. They smoked Mount Carmel. They smoked uh, Maris. They smoked Loyola. They smoked you know San Rita. Everybody in their conference. That's an awesome team, you know. Yeah. And then they got to the state championship and they got police escort on these big buses and they're they're driving the stadium and they're th- they're already talking about you know which girl they're going to go out to, what parties are going on. They, they knew they were winning this game. Yeah. They go to, they go to, we, we all, my whole family goes down and we tailgate for the, the game at U of I State Champagne Stadium. And, uh, and they, they just couldn't get anything going. The quarterback hurt his foot a little bit. And that was just enough chinks in the armor to, uh, to my brother, my son played right tackle. The game was, it was 10 to three. They lost or 13 to three. They lost to Loyola. And it's like, they just couldn't get anything going. And it was a terrible game. It was like, what the, they could have had the first undefeated season in school history. They they yeah. they just couldn't, you know, having that, you know, just they they they. It was like a like a a, a trap game kind of thing. That feeling. Well, I know. understand because um, you know, where me and Justin went was Muhammad Seymour, and that uh, that football program has definitely resurged um, from from the past twenty years. It's in the last two three years they've really done really well. Um, ex, you know, they didn't have the pandemic year, but I mean. They were a game away from going to the state championship. I think they were 10 and one or 11 and one. I can't remember, but um, man, one day Muhammad's going to win again. And it'll be the first championship since 77. Yeah. We've only got one school championship or school history, 77. And we got there on a coin flip. It was a coin flip to make the playoffs. And we won the coin flip to get into the playoffs. It was pretty ridiculous, but yeah, he, like he's Patrick said, we were good all the way through the eighties and nineties. And then, mid 2000s we kind of had a kind of tanked it off after a while i coached there for seven years we were really good every year and then we had a, a couple rough seasons and then uh last two years we went undefeated back to back years which is i think it's the first time we've ever gone undefeated back to back yeah but yeah just just can't get over the hump in that playoffs we just get we get deep and we get a team that's a little bit bigger than us a little bit more mature than us and we just can't can't seem to to sneak by them and if they had the the home field advantage the entire time throughout the playoffs, Muhammad would probably be either a state champion or had been at least to the state championship once in the if past. The queen had balls. There you the go. There you go. She'd be the king. <laughs> She'd be the king. Yep. All right, Pat. What's your favorite Sunday afternoon uh, munching food when you're watching when you glue to TV watching Scott Hanson oh. on Red Zone? It's gotta be uh, chicken wings. They gotta be fried. I, I don't understand how people. 
um, don't have chicken wings on a Sunday, and uh, it's got to be hot. They got to be hot. Yeah, and, it's, and what about ranch dressing? You got to have ranch dressing with blue it cheese, too. homie. Yeah, I'll, I'll do blue cheese. Yeah, and then I, I drink a a couple Bud Lights, and um, you know I'll drink a little bit of Miller Light too. I see that behind you. Bud but, Lights. Uh, I, I I drink Budweiser. We used to do a thing called three for three for three back in the day, where yeah. you had there was three basketball games on during the Sweet Sixteen tournament. So you'd have by the time all three games were over with, yeah, everybody there had it. It was the games. You had to drink a full. Everybody had to drink their own case of beer. So you brought a case of Budweiser, a case of Miller Lite. You had to finish the whole beer case of beer by the time all three games are over with. And you had to eat a family sized pizza by the time all. So in nine hours or ten hours, you had to drink a case of beer and eat a family sized pizza by yourself. That was That's our heartburn. Challenge. Dude, I'd be I, dying. I'd be yeah. dying. <laughs> I mean, at forty three years old, I'm just like think of all the heartburn that I would have or the statin I'd have to take now. <laughs> I'm forty seven, and I uh, I'm forty eight now actually. But I, I couldn't even I, I I would I'd probably pretty pretty good run on the beer and like half the pizza, but now I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'd be shitting my pants like ten minutes after I got you know I got done. It would be terrible. <laughs> would yeah. Be, oh yeah. I don't really get heartburn too much and shit like that, but like the cheese is getting to me now that I'm I don't know, because I'm old. I think I just you know I'm about to you know I'm on the back nine of life and everything started to bother me now. Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it is what it is. But what's your favorite hobby and what was it before you started playing fantasy football? And what is it now still maybe? Um, well, let's see here. I was really into broadcasting. So, and I really always have been. So I had a satellite dish and, um, when I was a kid and I would try and find like obscure TV channels or try to get like, okay, can I get the Boston station? Can I get the Phoenix station? And just try and tune that thing. And you remember those C C band and KU band satellites? That was a, uh, a secret passion of mine, I guess. That was a little hobby of mine. I loved to play video games. When they get that college football out again, uh, me and my son will be glued to the uh, couch playing PS5 and college football. Um, so I, I do enjoy doing that as a hobby. I don't get to do that as much because, of course, I'm adulting now and traveling. Right. Um, so I do uh, enjoy taking my son to – um sporting events so we go to cubs games we go to cardinals games because i live in st louis um we go to illini football and basketball games so i enjoy those are those are my hobbies i think i've been uh probably we used to do a thing with our uh guys just all guys and our sons only no no wives no daughters allowed just guys we'd go mm -hmm. to stadium to stadium st louis is one of the ones st louis is an awesome little town that was one of the ones we went to besides like Detroit and Philadelphia and like probably, probably been to like 15 different stadiums, but St. Louis is one you have a family section. It's just for people who don't know this, you go there and back in the day, now that our kids are old, we haven't gone in a while because everybody's got sports and shit, but you get a yeah. wristband and you go to there and St. Louis also has a thing where you register at the window and they just give out free tickets that nobody showed up to. It could be a skybox seat or it could be rolled 37,000. Those are the 1120 uh, tickets. Yeah. You just, you don't oh, know what yeah. you're going to get. Yeah. It's awesome. I love that. But the family section was you go there and you get a wristband for like 27 bucks. I think it was last time you get a ticket to the game. And as long as the kids have the wristband on, it's all you can eat. They get hot dogs and, you know, pretzels mm -hmm. and whatever else they want. So anything you can eat as much as you want to. It's all you can eat, including adults. Very smart. Very you can't smart. drink in that section. You can't right. go like anywhere else. You can't go like five sections over and get a beer. You cannot drink the entire time you're in the game because you're with your family. That's why mm -hmm. the reason for the discount kind of thing, you know. So, but yeah, it's pop. We were we had a blast. It was absolutely awesome. It was the stadium. Yeah, I would, I would definitely suggest you do it again. I mean, even if you, 
I mean, I could go nine innings without getting a beer, you know. I mean, I, I usually try to go and get at least one beer. But the beer at Bush Stadium, can we talk about how, uh, you know, the beer, it, it's brought in from three miles away. Yeah. But it cost me almost eleven fifty for a 16-ounce beer. I think it was almost a dollar an ounce. I think it was thirteen seventy-five at Comiskey Park this year. I was like, what? I don't go to Cubs games. I'm not. I'm. I'm, I'm a South Sider. I, 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 I've gone to a hundred thousand White Sox games in my life, but I've been to Cubs yeah. Stadium like twice. Whatever that garbage place is up north. Yeah, we call it Sox Park down there. So you you're calling it Cubs Stadium is fine. We call it Sox Park. Yeah, it sucks. It, Comiskey Park is so much better than Wrigley. It's the family atmosphere there is absolutely awesome. It's, it's yeah. Wrigley Field is is nothing but like there was no oh. lights there all the time, so it's nothing but a company outing all the time. Look, well, look me. I'm a bleacher bum. Hey, look at if you've been there in the past two years, so since the pandemic, they gutted the place. Okay, I know we're not here to talk about Cubs baseball, but the stadium is not the stadium that you grew up going. Where's the to mute button at right now? Hold on. Yeah. <laughs> It's totally corporate. It's different now. It's not the same, I will say. I was there two years ago when they put that TV in, and that, that TV in left field is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. That is the clearest. It's The TV's four times the size of my house, and it's got the, the – it's probably – it's clearer than the best TV I've ever seen in my life. That, that thing is awesome. This, I mean, it is pretty – I was there for a, a Sox-Cubs uh, game, like I think it was two years ago or what, yeah. three years ago or something like that. I think it was right before the pandemic, so – um, it was, they were, they were making tons of renovations. I actually, my buddy Juan Alvarez was a plumber at when they were doing the new field. And he asked all of us, if you have any memorabilia, grandpa's picture, stuff like that, anything, let me know. And he put it like underneath the plumbing pipes in the foundation when they were doing it before they poured the concrete for the field. So we got a bunch of memorabilia underneath the stadium, underneath Wrigley field itself. So wow, super happy about that. My grandpa was a big Cubs fan, you know, that's my grand, my great grandfather was the chief groundskeeper at Wrigley field for almost 30 years. That's awesome, and- man. I like yeah. your those stories. Yeah. That's why I'm a Cubs fan. Yeah, that and that's... WGN and Harry Carey. I mean, hell, I wanted to be Harry Carey when I was a kid. So Sandberg spelled backwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he kind of went off the rails when he started losing his mind and, you know, drinking uh, during the, the round, broadcast. After the fifth inning, it was like, you said whatever. It's like Steve Stone just took over. I did like the movie with the Sarge, Gary Matthews, and Ron Say, and you know, Sean Dunstan, yeah. and Andre Dawson. I did like those teams back in the day, but I just, when they cut Andre Dawson, I get, I get a real wild hair up my ass when teams piss me off. You know, like Andre Dawson was my favorite player by far in the, in, in baseball at that point in time. Oh yeah. They, they just kind of like kicked him aside the same way the Bears did with Wilbur Marshall. That's why I'm not a Bears fan anymore. The way they did with Wilbur Marshall. But I, when that when the, I don't know. I just, I'd rather just be a Sox fan now. That kind of, I was a fan well, of both teams before that. And then that was it. I will say that I will watch White Sox baseball because I like their play by play team with Jason and and Steve yeah. Stone. You learned so much about baseball watching Steve St- Stone talk about baseball. He will predict what's going to happen before it happens. And that's the way it's always been with him in the almost 40 years that he's been doing this, but um yeah, I mean, before you couldn't pay me to watch uh Wimpy and what's his name? Hawk baby. Get the out Hawk Harrelson. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't do it. <laughs> I know I'd much rather have a guy that says spells guys' names backwards instead of any any, any great stats going on. Can of corn, can of corn, and that's a White Sox winner. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, if I, I already know about your uh, if you had a chance to talk to yourself for two minutes when you're 18 years old in your high school graduation day, what would you say to yourself? Uh, you know, to say, hey, looking forward to the future, you should 
blank. I would only have two minutes with myself. Wow. I would just say um, stick with that uh, TV and radio dream. You'll meet your future wife that way. And, um, you know, it's going to be a little bumpy here and there. But just, you know, stay the course. Stay with it because that's my, my when I was 18, man, I was all into two things, two things. Well, three things. It was broadcasting sports and my girlfriend. And um, if you would have told me at 18 that that wasn't going to be my wife, um, I would have been like, you're crazy. But then now, you know, things are great. I met my wife through my job and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I got my two kids and all that. So I would just tell myself to stay the course. You can't tell an 18 year old, don't do what your dream is. All right. You can't be a dream killer because then they're going to write you off. Right. Yeah, no. If somebody told me that if you do this, you're going to make $10 million, I'd still be like, yeah, pound sand, buddy. I'm going to smoke cigarettes and drink beer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So let's get into the fantasy football aspect of uh, this. I got some, I'm a commissioner of a bunch of home leagues here. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, how does your leagues dependent uh, determine your playoff teams, like points, record, both? Like, how do you, how do you determine who's in the playoffs? Well, I believe that this uh, this league that we were in wasn't it both uh, points and record? Because yeah, it was record for the top five and points yeah. for the sixth playoff spot, which is how I do a majority of my leagues. I have a couple leagues we do the fifth and sixth spot are points, uh, but a majority of them we do just the sixth spot, um, and then. Uh, depending on a couple, me and John always get this about other people about if you have uh, divisions or not, because a lot of people hate divisions. But me and John have divisions in a bunch of our leagues. So uh, usually division winner, next best record, and then points, uh, depending on how you break it down there, is usually how I do it in, in pretty much all my leagues. I have one or two that have stuck with the overall record no matter what. And it drives me crazy because when you have third points overall scoring and you miss the playoffs, it just makes you hate fantasy football. Well, we didn't didn't have any divisions in our league either, too. uh, Not in in this uh, C2C one, one we didn't. No. No. Having divisions is more of a, like, real close kind of home league thing, not like an online league kind of thing, you know. So it's a lot of ball busting. You get a rookie draft every year, division draft every year, stuff like that. So it's – I think people who don't play, like, in real tight-knit home leagues – uh, wouldn't really get the aspect, the, the 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 division thing. You know, it's more of making fun of people and drafting, embarrass people, stuff like that. So, it's a uh, I don't know, a lot of kind of a hazing thing almost. What's a good number of IR spots for a twelve team thirty dynasty league? Like, oh, I always defer that to JT, um, because that guy is constantly looking. He's constantly doing the homework. So, yeah, I, I'm an IR guy. I just, yeah. uh, I just think it's ridiculous when you have to end up dropping guys because you don't have a person to fill the spot and you have to pick up some six stringer just to get a starting lineup put together and you're dropping guys on a dynasty that drives me nuts. So I'm always more the merrier. I think, I don't know how you have less than five in any kind of dynasty league, but most of my leagues I have, if I'm running them, they have 10 spots, especially if it's an IDP league, because we're, you know, you've got 50 guys on your roster and I can attest. I had multiple leagues where I had 16, 17, 18 guys on IR at one point. And if I don't have those IR spots, I'm dropping guys that I don't want to drop just to fill in uh, starting lineup spots. And I'm one of those guys. I just, you can't not start a lineup. Like if you just leave IR guys in your starting lineup, I lose my mind. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I, I just, I'm always 
with the IR, especially with the way the NFL changed it this year. You know, in years past, I don't know as many people pay attention to IR spots, but years past, if you went on IR, you were either out the first half of the season or the whole year. There was no in between. Now they've they flipped it where you can do the four game IR spots. You know, you get guys on IR that come back and play the whole year. Um, so being able to put those guys on an IR and come back as opposed to, oh, I, this guy's on IR all and you don't know how long and you drop him. And then all of a sudden he's back, you know, as a perfect example, Sam Darnold. Uh, I ended up needing him in a bunch of super flex leagues and he was on IR at the beginning of the year and they acted like he wasn't going to play all season at the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden, bam, like week 12, he comes back and now he's on a bunch of teams that might end up playing in the championship. And so that's, I just, I hate to see people have to get rid of guys. It just drives me crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I'm always for more IR spots. Yeah, so you like cheating is what you're – That's I get it, you know. <laughs> no, not, not cheating. I don't I know that's you, cheating. Me yeah. and you differ on the out. I, I let guys go on out on IR. You do not, which oh, I understand. That's so I, most, most of my leagues, they say you have to be on IR to go on IR, and that's fine with me. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, but I just – I don't see in a dynasty like – in a redraft league, I think you can get rid of some IR spots. You don't have to have as many uh, because it's that one year and done. But to t- drop guys that you would – in, in eventually want to have on your roster in a year or two and having to drop them and then someone else gets to pick them up because you're out of IR spots is that's just annoying to me uh, because then it kills your depth of like, Hey, that tight end I took in the fourth round of the rookie draft, he's hurt. Well, now I got to drop him because I don't have enough IR spots. And then somebody else who does have spots goes and picks him up and you're, you're just pissed. You didn't get to hold on to that guy. So that's, that's just my thing. As far as a team building standpoint, I hate to give give, get rid of assets that I'd like to sit on. Yeah, redraft should be like one or two. Uh, dynasty should be minimum of five, I think. You know, but and then if you're talking about defense side too, that's that's exactly that's a mirror image of the offense. So you should add another five. I can see like ten. You know, that kind of fear. Yeah, well, most of my IDP leagues are ten. Ten. Uh, most of my leagues that are no defense, you're rather start ten, start eleven. You know, it's mostly five spots. I have a couple leagues that are three. Almost all my redraft leagues are two. I, yeah. It's pretty standard on my early draft leagues that you get two IR, and then I have a couple redraft leagues that don't do IR at all. And man, when you get a Christian McCaffrey or somebody in a year that gets banged up, it just murders you because you're just sitting on him without being able to pick anybody up and play for him. Uh, so that always is difficult. Sure, I get it. But like you're talking about outs, and we had this conversation before, but like I talked to a guy. And he literally had like 37 people on his IR. Anybody that was on the IR was on this guy's team. I'm like, dude, it's 30-man roster. So now you have a 68-man roster and everybody else has 30 because you have 38 guys in your IR. Like, that's not even fair. That means yeah. Un- oh, I, I I would be against unlimited IR because that's what you're talking about. Now you're just hoarding. Yeah, that's guys. You're just literally just picking up a million IR players and stashing them all. Uh, so yeah, I'd be against unlimited IR. But I like I said, if you have a big league, if you're more than 35, 40 players, I think you got to make it 10. Especially during COVID, COVID was a nightmare. Uh, but I think 10 is a pretty good spot. Uh, like I said, like you said, your typical league, no defense, uh, none of that. Five, I think is probably. This is probably fair, but uh, yeah, this year was a crazy year for injuries. I had more guys on IR this year than I can ever remember. Yeah. Do you have a, you guys are in the same league. So a lot of these questions I I kind of already, you know, heard as far as, as far as I know what JT's leagues have. So uh, like payouts, uh, 113 or 213 for losers bracket, winners, uh, draft lottery, stuff like that. So I kind of know what JT's leagues are already by. I wasn't sure if you played in any of your leagues besides uh, the ones you're with JT's. Nope. Just with JT. 
Yep. Right, yeah, nice. I'm going to pull him into some of these home leagues I'm in and stuff. Uh, I'm going to get him uh, ramped up on a couple leagues here in the coming year. That'll it's hard. The more and more, like I, the more and more I kind of like want to cut back leagues at the same time. I hear everybody talking about man. I couldn't imagine only being like one or two or three leagues. And then like, if you lose, you're not in the playoffs in these like two leagues, you get knocked out early. Like you gotta be like, man, this sucks. I got nothing to do the next couple weeks. I couldn't imagine like being not in at least one or two championships every year. I mean, I've been in like, I think I had the most in one year, but it was in, in like seven or eight was in, in one year. That's, I, I just kind of expect to be in at least two or three or four, you know, I like get just, I think there was one year in the last 25 years where I didn't have a championship game. And I didn't like, I was sitting there like chewing my nails, peeing on myself. John, I always tell the story about uh, one year I was in 11 leagues and I was in the semifinals or finals in all 11 leagues. I was so pumped. I'm just cat. I'm counting the cash already. I'm like, man, if I go 500, I'm banking this year. Oh, and 11. Oh, and 11. My teams just tanked across the board. Every league, I was favored in like every league. I lost all of them, so lost semifinals or championship game in every league. That was that was probably one of the hardest years for fantasy, just because I I thought my team was going to be my teams were great all year, and then just to come out with zero titles was just brutal. I would yeah, dude, have- that would be my fear right there because oh. you never hear, John. Think about it. You never hear about the big losses, but you always hear about the big wins, right? That would be my fear. It's a, it's a fear comes true sometimes. And literally, I would rather stand. I'd rather have somebody behind me with a fucking nine iron hit me in the nuts like 37 straight <laughs> times than not be in a, than not be in a championship. <laughs> yeah, you don't tell anybody that you lost 11, <laughs> 11 championships <sighs> in one man, year. But, but that's also what you get when you draft 90% of the same players, which yeah. I tend to do in a lot of leagues. But uh, Yeah, because you I don't want to be rooting course, against but... yourself. Yeah, you they still stay the course for the most part. But yeah, that, that was the one year I, I will always stick out in my mind that everybody tanked the same week and I went 0 for 11. I just I just couldn't. I mean, I just kept checking the scores. So I'm like, I can't, I can't believe I'm losing. I can't believe, oh my God, I'm going to lose. And it was, it was like every league. I didn't, I, every league I needed a guy to score X amount to win. He scored just under that. And then the other guy I played had that same guy and he scored just enough to beat me. It was just one of those years where nothing went my way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, I, I was disappointed to be only in a couple this year, but uh, at least it was something. I think I you know, may, maybe made four championships, uh, yeah, three or four semifinals. The leagues, the ones that really killed me this year was I missed playoffs in like four or five leagues by one game. Ugh. And then my team has scored the most points. Now that we're in the playoffs, my team is smoking. All my teams have gotten hot. I'm scoring 200 points a week, and I'm just sitting there in the toilet bowl. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I would have made the playoffs, I could have won this thing. Right. You'd be having your, your glasses on, your hat, you know, getting ready for oh, the championship. I'd, like I'd, be, I'd be living large, man. I'd be sitting yeah. back just like, here we go. Let's count this money. Fucking right. That's how it works, boy. <laughs> all right. So waiver wire targets this week. Um, look for the first of all, like I say every week, look for the mistakes of the rest of your league. See who's uh, my daughter's going to work right now. Bye, Jubies. I love you. Um, look, she works at Mario Jacosi uh, right now. My daughters are old. Like I'm an old man and my kids work for a living. It's terrible. <laughs> I, hey, I like, at least they're working too, so that's good. They all got my daughter works. Uh, she's nursing. What well, she's got a full scholarship to uh, what's the one that's right over the border or or uh, St. Ambrose. She got a full scholarship for St. Ambrose for nursing and for uh, lacrosse. And then my other daughter works. She's works at Mario Chicosi right now as a hair stylist, hair colorist. Anyway, mm-hmm. I got one that's a senior in Wisconsin Whitewater, and one's a plumber at Northwestern University in, in Evanston. And, uh, so. It's uh he does a lot of shit around the house. I'm super proud of him. 
Good. So it, it and is keep nice. that job at Northwestern. Keep that. That's a job you do not leave. Yeah, if it's Giffy, if well, first of all, he's got to stop playing video games and then find a girlfriend. But if he has kids, he'll be able to. All the kids will be able to go to school for free there because he's an employee. Yeah. So that's a that'd be a huge perk. And I bet it pays well. So that's good. He made as much as money as I did last year. The kid's fucking twenty five years old playing video games, and he makes you know, and he, sitting that guy, like I, he bought his own place a couple years ago, and he you know he, he bought up you know I, he got his Floyd card. I don't I I got a couple guns not not i'm not like a gun freak but this guy is he works at rinks this the gun place you know and, yeah but he uh he's like I, I got a Floyd card i go good if you can afford guns you can afford your own fucking house get out of here like get, go. <laughs> so he moved out bought his own place and bought like 10 million thousand guns and then what happens if the how the market the market like rises somebody offers him a lot of money for his house so he sells his house and he's like i move back in i got an offer i couldn't refuse i'm like yeah, move in, save some money, and then move back out again. But literally, it's going to take a fucking act of Congress to get him out of my basement now. He's not going anywhere like this. Yeah, I've, I've souped up my basement for my 13-year-old. This kid ain't leaving here either, man. No, they're never. That's part of my hobby is setting up all this stuff in the basement here. It's just... I had I, I had my whole thing was done. Dolphins colors, a carpet, a drop ceiling. I got a bathroom down there. I was just tempted to put a, just a urinal in there so the girls couldn't even come down there. Just guys. You know, like, <laughs> and... uh. But uh, I had it all done, all this and that, and then the kid, the kids are fighting. You know, they, I'm like, all right, you can move downstairs for a little bit. And now they're just that. Now it's it's the palace. It's it's literally look, it's like a college fraternity down there. They got their own rooms, mm-hmm. a four thousand square foot. They come home, they say, oh yeah, look at this TV I bought. I got the PS5 the day it came out. I got this game and that game and everything else. And it's like you motherfuckers, <laughs> this is supposed to be my bachelor pad, you know, or my whatever you call it, my daddy hide cave, you know. Well, I want to put a bar down here, and I can't do that until. Both of my kids are, you know, drinking age because my wife works for a school district. That's yeah. the last thing I need is a bunch of kids over here drinking. Right. And, um, you know, I just want to make sure it's on the up and up. But the way I've set up my basement is with all the sports memorabilia, the PS5 and a TV. And my son has his bedroom down here. I'm sorry. The kid's never leaving. He's just never, never Not- leaving. I got these two pipes. I got three pipes sticking out of the wall, a hot water pipe, a cold water, and a drain. Sitting there waiting for a sink to go in, waiting for this counter to go in, waiting for my bar to go in. I know where my Your son's going to do it, I, allegedly. Yeah. yeah he's, you know what? He'll be married with his wife and, like, five <laughs> kids down there watching fucking TV in my man cave, you know? Yeah. I, I know what's going to happen. Yep. Uh, uh, so, anyway, the way we're with targets for this week uh quarterbacks mike white teddy bridgewater sam howell I, I always say sam howell because you never know when he's gonna get the start or finally get the sam howell uh it's not this week but look for him when he's available uh, a lot of people forget about him or dropped him already teddy bridgewater's confirmed started this week mike white's mm-hmm. confirmed started this week so there's not many people on the waiver wires now because everybody's out they don't care anymore they kind of put they turn off all notifications for sleeper or espn or mfl whatever you're on so try and grab these guys Hassan haskins I think that Derek, they said that the Tennessee and Jacksonville are playing in week 18 and that this game doesn't even matter. So they may sit right. Travis Etienne and uh, Derek Henry. So Son Haskins, guys like Zach Moss, who's getting pretty much all the workload in Indianapolis. How about uh, that, JT? Zach Moss, buddy. Killing me, it. man. I just I was at the game on Monday going, man, I miss Neon Hines so much. Uh, <laughs> Zach Moss. So I just I, I John's that. a huge I, Patrick, you don't know this, but John's a huge Zach Moss guy. I'm oh. a Neon Hines guy. So he he's he's loving this Zach Moss action. And I all my teams that had Neon Hines as a flex play. He's getting like 10 snaps a game in, in Buffalo. It's it's murdering me. I traded uh, I traded away Brevin Jordan to get Zach Moss probably about six weeks ago when I, they were both had pretty much zero value, 
And I'm like, all right. And now I'm in the championship. Now I got Zach Moss as my second flex. I'm like, this works out. Abs- what would I have done with Brevin Jordan? I already have TJ Hawkinson and a couple other guys on my team. You know, and there's no, I'm even if Brevin Jordan, Brevin Jordan pans out in a year or two, <clears throat> he's never going to play. So I got took a flyer on running back Zach Moss. And now I'm like, I, what, what, this is the best Christmas present ever. I get to start Zach Moss in my second flex and that, you know, going into the championship, you know, it was absolutely awesome. So good. Yeah, John, you're going to love this. The one league I actually had Zach Moss in the one league I dropped him like four weeks ago before the whole JT stuff. Cause I was oh. running out of spots with injuries. This league has no IR. So I was like running out of room and I dropped Zach Moss to pick up somebody else to play and that was like two weeks before all of a sudden everything hit the fan. It was Deion Jackson. It was JT. I'm like, Zach Moss has never seen the field. And now he's starting. And I. Yeah, it's nuts. I don't get the whole uh, how I, I thought I should have sold Deion Jackson and a couple other guys that when they were on fire for a week or two when I had the opportunity to. So uh, this is the normal JT freeze once a show kind of thing. So this is his internet come kicks out once in a while. He'll be back in ten seconds. Okay, there, there he is, is again. He's All right. too, too many kids on the Wi-Fi at my house is the problem. Probably. Yeah. yeah. So uh, wide receiver Rashid Shahid. Uh, there's kind of lack of depth on the team now. Romeo Dobbs just because of the Watson industry in injury. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins, who I picked up probably after right before he had his first big game. I'm like, you know. Couple injuries here. I'm going to take Hodgins, and he's panned out pretty well. Uh, pretty much at a point where he may even have a role next year, even after the draft. Yeah, Hodgins is a guy that if he if he's still out there for you on your waiver wire, you got to jump on him. A guy's producing. Um, yeah. They don't have a lot of other guys in the wide receiver uh, group for the Giants, so he's definitely a guy you can plug and play. I picked him up a couple weeks ago when we talked about him on the show, and I've been playing him in a flex spot ever since. And it, it, like John, we talked about with the, not a lot of guys on the waiver wire here, but if you look. And, and pay attention to these injuries or guys who last second get sat, look and pick up a guy that will replace them. There, there's going to be a couple of guys that end up having a huge week that end up winning fantasy championships that no one played all season long. Right. And then all of a sudden played them this week and won a championship because somebody like a Derrick Henry sat and Asad Haskins goes for 115 and two touches. And you're like, I didn't play him in one game all year. And now all of a sudden I'm winning a title because of him. Yeah. There's always those guys out there. That's, it is what it is, man. It's uh, you got to just be active, kind of stay on the reports. That's why it's kind of unfair. People want to have like open waivers all the time with no, you know. I like daily waivers during you know Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Wednesday morning, open them up, and then and then first come first serve after. But the entire off season, I shut down my waivers after the NFL Super Bowl. A week after the NFL Super Bowl, I shut off my waivers because the I, there's trading all year round, but waivers because a lot of my friends are all cops and firemen and shit like that, and it's uh, it's not fair to those guys who are in body suits, you know, making arrests, do whatever, you know, putting out fires where everybody else, somebody else is just sitting at a computer all day long. You just, Oh, Matthew Barry said this, well, picking them up, picking them up. It's not fair. <laughs> so I shut them off during the week. Weekly waivers have been something we talked about, but the off season, you know, people got family lives are on vacation. They can't be sitting around waiting for the stuff. So I, you could trade all you want to send trade offers, but the wave wires offer from all the way from the week after the NFL Super Bowl until uh, like a week before our rookie draft, which is usually in like, you know, May or June or something like that. So yeah, that's fair. I'm the same way, John. I shut off the waivers. I, I got too many guys doing other things. They they want to be involved, but that's it's too much paying attention. And again, the guys that work on computers all day can jump in and look at that and get an unfair advantage. So I, I usually knock mine all down until uh, about 
first game of preseason, I usually do one big waiver wire run for anybody who's kind of been looking guys all summer. I'll do one and then I'll do another big one uh, right before everybody gets cut in my dynasty league. So guys aren't having to get on there every day and check it. Uh, that's kind of how I do mine. And we, we voted for it. It depends on your league. A lot of my guys were like, hey, I, I want it. I want it to where I right before the season starts, I can jump in, figure it out. I don't want to have to be looking at June and July. And I'm like, that's fair. Yeah, it is fair. It's I don't want to be on around a campfire on Fourth of July weekend drinking beers, been to water, and find out that something happened or this guy got you know, arrested for gambling or whatever, you know. And then next thing you know, like everybody's picking him up. And I when I was you know two days later, I actually have phone service in Michigan, and I I stopped you know having a blackout drunk for the whole weekend. You know, like, <laughs> that's so, fair enough. Yeah, but uh. More Colts here. Jelani Woods uh, pick up for this week. I don't know where all these Colts made the waiver wire this week, but it is what it is. They can't move the ball. Or Jelani Woods, yeah, he's out there. Losses. Yeah, I think Jelani Woods is a good pickup. And, uh, if you haven't picked him up yet, I mean, Mo Alley Cox at this point is just non existent with the offense. He gets in there for some snaps, but they don't look his way ever. I can't even remember the last time he had a catch in a game. Uh, and Jelani Woods super high upside. So if, if you're in a league where you didn't get drafted in your rookie draft, um, and he's sitting out there after a slow start to the season. He's definitely a guy I'd be I'd be picking up and holding on to for next season uh, as well. And he he might be a decent play this this week if you're really uh, short on tight end. Too bad he couldn't score when they were up 33 points and they just had to get like some stuff going on to stop mm. the comeback. You know that would have been awesome. Colts just kick field goals, man. They just kick field goals. All you gotta do is put one in the end zone, and they can't do that. It's like having the Patriots defense having the Colts kicker. It's like, it's it's like the ultimate cheat code. Yeah, Chase McLaughlin, Mister Illini, gotta love him, an Illinois guy. So uh, he he's been actually doing a really good job uh, for for the Colts this year. Uh, he's been pretty impressive. They should have kicked it more with him uh, Monday night. They they went for it a couple of times when he could have actually put points on the board. Yeah. Any other things I forgot about waiver wire? Any any of the guys you could think of? Yeah, this is yeah. Like I said, it, it, I think at this point it depends on your on your league and. Uh, and just keeping an eye out for injuries, updates, or guys sitting over the next two, three, four days. And then if there's a guy out there, jump in and pick him up if you need to, if you need to play a guy or someone to replace. Yeah, if you've got one of those stud running backs or wide receivers that are kind of on the fence on where they play, I'd, I'd be immediately looking up for their backups and, and add to the roster just in case, you know, they don't end up playing. So you have someone at least to get in your lineup. Yeah. Uh, thanks to a friend of the show, Adam Hutchinson from four for four for, uh, I look at his column for injuries and he's got, you know, two attack of Iowa for concussions, uh, slash interceptions is why he's probably sitting out this week. I'm not sure if it's either one, but man, did he, that second half, he came out and showed his true colors. I can't stand to, I, I he does this shit all the time. The only problem is, is most of the time that the def- defensive backs play defensive back because they can't catch. That's why they're playing defensive back instead of wide receiver. So he throws like five complete interceptions every game that just bounce off defenders chests or they, they drop or it. And if this week they finally played a defense that actually caught the errant balls that he threw and it kind of like, so now he's like, Oh, I think I had a concussion or they, they verified his concussion and they're blaming that. Oh, he couldn't see, or he didn't always go. And so it's a concussion. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I just, this is shit that I've seen all year long. It's just, the problem is the ball. The defense actually caught the balls this week instead of him just getting away with the shitty throws. So, so John, you're saying that he's faking a concussion. I, I'm not. You know what? I'm not saying nothing. It just I, it, there's sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. But they they mm. said it's concussion. So I don't know. I I just don't. I'm not a big Tua fan. So 
yeah, pretty upset. I started him over Trevor Lawrence. I had the weather in New York with Trevor Lawrence, so I sat him and played two. I think it'd be all nice down there in Miami to have a big game, and it, it cost me a championship. So that's what I get. I might end up having to get on the two. I hate trade with you, John. After that one, it's it's not as bad as the, the guy who was in the Nutter League had Nick Foles, and it's, it's all he needed was two points to win, and he got <laughs> minus five for the game. Like, really? I mean, yeah, that was, happened. Uh, that happened to me in a game earlier this year with uh, Zappy came in for Mac Jones. I had him in a two QB league as my second QB because I had no one to play that week. He came in. I'm like, oh, he scores like five points. I win. He gets six points early. I'm like, I'm all set. And then throws two fourth quarter picks, ends up getting negative points. And I lose by like two points. I couldn't, I was like, all he had to do is not throw a pick anything but an interception. And he ends up throwing two of them and I lose. I remember so I feeling on that. I remember trading text messages with you thinking we we're going to get on that train, but uh, no, stay far, I, far away. My league, my league actually gets minus two points for every every, or it's minus one point for sack, minus two points for every interception. And just watching Nick Foles every play, take the ball, take five step drop, and just get dropped every other play. It was like minus one, minus one, minus one, minus. He had like eight sacks. Every he throw forty yards downfield, and he get like you get a, you know point one for completions plus twenty five yards per point. So you get a point or two, and then he gets sacked. And it was like he gets sacked twice in a row. Everything he just did would be a race, and then he, then he throw an interception. It was like. This is absolutely the fucking worst thing that happens. I, I felt oh, man, so bad for my buddy. It was uh, it was worse watching it in real life. It was it was really <laughs> bad. I, I mean, we were sitting there at no point did we think the Colts were going to score. It, no matter what they were doing, they're like, oh, they're going to blow this. I mean, he was – I don't even know where he was throwing the ball half the game. He, he was throwing inside of guys, double coverage. I mean, he had a Paris Campbell in that first interception wide open down the uh, – um, right down the seam and he threw it into double coverage of Jelani Woods. I don't know what he was doing, but uh, it was uh, pretty ugly. And um, every Colts fan was talking about what are we going to do at QB? And there was no good answers on Monday no. night, at least in the stands. The, the good thing is there's a lot of quarterbacks looking for a home next year, you know, so that's, that's the only, uh, you know, that's, you go with I made this as kind of a, I made. You're, you're on no. mute or something. Yeah. Here we there go. you go. Try it now. All right, now you're frozen. <laughs> it's even worse. Tell your son to get off the uh, yeah, PlayStation. Yeah, get off the uh, whatever is Xbox 370. So the uh, I, I just I don't know. The good thing about is that like there's a, there's like seven or eight quarterbacks next year who will be available. I, do you move on? Like I don't think the do you think the do you think the, like Baker Mayfield's available or Jameis Winston or uh, Sam Donald even or something like that. Do you, do you have to shoot for the moon or you just pick up one of these quarterbacks that's going to be in a retread booth? Can you, can you guys I, hear me again? Yeah, we can hear you now. Yeah. Okay, okay, sorry about that. I was kind of half joking, but I was kind of being serious at the game. And I said if the Colts went out and got Gardner Minshew, he would immediately have the number one selling jersey in the NFL because every freaking Colts fan would immediately be – Gardner would be their favorite player just because I know Colts fans too well. Uh, just the stash, everything, everything about him. They would absolutely eat Gardner Minshew up. Uh, they would think he was the greatest thing that ever happened there. Uh, I almost feel like it's a signing they got to do just because it will be Gardner mania in Indy. I oh, mean, that's a great would point. Absolutely love him there. That is a great market for him to be in. If you think about it, it's a small market. It's the biggest thing for an entire state. And part of East Central Illinois, yeah. I mean, he'll sell the hell out of jerseys. It's, People would uh, love him. I mean, they, I don't know how good he would do at QB in the long run, but man, he would do it. I be think he would be better than Jameis. Everywhere. 
I think he'd be better than Jameis Winston, don't That's you think? That's it. You're out. <laughs> don't ever say that again. <laughs> John loves Jameis Winston. I, I, I still can't believe Jameis hasn't got a home. I, 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 I still uh, We've talked about it all season. I don't know what the Saints were doing. I mean, even if they thought Andy Dalton gave him a slightly better chance to win, um, they were out of it. And why wouldn't you see if Jameis is your long-term answer or not? At this point, they just wasted another season at Jameis. And how can you go into the next season thinking he – could possibly even be your starter when you sat him this whole year for Andy Dalton. It makes no sense to me. I think Jameis has got to find somewhere else to go next year. There's um, something he's, somebody's we don't give know. Him a shot. I yeah. just think there's something that we don't know about Jameis that maybe he's just not the leader. Maybe he doesn't talk enough in the QB room. Maybe he's not that smart. You know, maybe he can't handle the playbook. Maybe. Something's up. It, it, or he just the his coaches hate him. For some reason, but it just it doesn't make any sense to me. He's got to find a new home. I thought staying in New Orleans would be the spot for him. I thought that would work mm-hmm. out real well. And obviously, uh, whenever Andy Dalton's starting over you, you know you're in trouble. The mm-hmm. rumorville was before that he's just throwing downfield and not dumping off the Kamara at all. That was the main like that Dalton was doing that. But now Dalton doesn't even Jordan Kamara either. So like now, what's the excuse? Like, and they're gonna get mm-hmm. they got to start from scratch across the you know in the New Orleans anyway. So that's. I don't know what they're. Yeah, too many injuries. All the stuff going on with them. All the missed draft picks. I mean, they're they're basically a blow up mode. I mean, they, they. I think they lucked out that they're in a really bad division, so their record is slightly better than it probably should be. Right. But I, I, even though I think they got maybe what six wins or something like that, they feel like a three win team to me. They do. Um, they just they they've won some games, and I'm surprised they just snuck out because their defense is really good. But man, that that team's got all kinds of problems. They're always 190 million dollars over the salary cap, and somehow, someday on cap day, they figure it out. It's like, what the hell? How does this guy? That if they had a money guy like that on on, on every other team, the NFL would be awesome. I don't know how they get under the cap, like somehow skate under the cap every year. How they afford to t- pay Taysom Hill? What they pay Taysom Hill? It just blows my mind. And again, if you're paying a guy as much as they're paying him. Why is he not more of the focus every week? Why are you not figuring out a million different ways to get him involved? It just—it's—I right. don't—I don't 100 understand what they're doing down there. I don't know either, but we need we need Jameis to go somewhere great and be great. That's what that's kind of how that works. Hmm. So running back Gibby Sprain, Antonio Gibson, Tony G. Uh, he's got a sprain. They don't really know what it is. Like they said, it's a foot or an ankle or a knee. They're not really sure which one it is, but it's a sprain. Uh, Christian Watson hip for the Packers. Uh, that's a situation where Romeo Doves become somebody available. Hunter Henry uh, knee the day to day kind of week to week thing. Will Disley season IR, so he's out for the season now. No, I don't think anybody had Will Disley starting anyway. But. I did, which is pretty sad, but I had him starting in like two tight end premium leagues where I had no tight ends, where like Zach Ertz was my tight end. He's been out for the year, and I've been starting Will Disley. And people are like, what are you doing? I'm like, I know. Like, who's Will starting, Disley? I started Will Disley and Noah Fant in one league. It, you know it's bad when you're starting two Seattle tight ends on the same team. Oh, it's, my God. Uh, hence why I did not make the playoffs in either of those leagues. Oh, fuck. that's terrible. Here I make a fun of big country or big. What do they call him? Uh, big Montana or big country. The Will Disley and Noah Fantastic is the other guy. You started both of them. And I don't even I couldn't even imagine that having those guys in my roster. Uh, yeah, I know. It's it, it, it was a, a rough year in that league. Let's just say that. Uh, current events and player news. Broncos fired their head coach. Jets are going to Mike White. Carson Wentz back quarterback in Washington. Any other like things I missed? The like, current events, stuff like that going around. Anybody? Else get in um, trouble. Those are the I, three things I that I can't. I, I can't 
believe it took this long to fire the Broncos head coach. I mean, man, has that been like the biggest nightmare outside of Urban Meyer in forever? I mean, that thing was just a, a I mean, it was a, it was a dumpster fire from the beginning. That thing is, I don't know what's going on there, but that's, it just blows my mind. Now, what do you do with Russell Wilson? What do you do with him? You do nothing. You're stuck with him. Yeah, that's the one thing I was saying. At least the Colts fans were like, hey, at least we didn't pay for Russell Wilson. So, I mean, what if you released him? What if they decided to release him? Literally, like, 30% of their salary cap would be gone for the next two years on nothing. Yeah, they'd have to figure out some kind of trade and eat eat salaries, something. that They can't just cut them because they'd be totally screwed. Even if they traded them, that's their money guaranteed. So they'll have to eat. Like, they'll have to work out some kind of deal with somebody. Hey, listen. You could have Russell Wilson if you pay half of his dead cap hit, which is like $47 million or some shit, crazy shit like that. Like the next couple of years, they're stuck with all that money in their books. Even if they traded him away, if they cut him, whatever, it's their money. They're eating it. So mm. I, that's why they yeah, it, was either, just... it was either get rid of the head coach or get rid of the quarterback. And they said, hey, Russell Wilson can't be this bad. Like we have to like figure something that's going on. You can't have Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton on a team and still not be able to complete passes. Something – Something's going on. So well, see, this is a big problem with the NFL that they just addressed this week, actually. There's like 20 teams in the NFL that are still paying people that are in the front offices of these teams or former coaches or former – they're still paying these people to just sit out. And it's it's costing these teams way too much money. And I think we're going to see this issue continue to, to prop up every year. Good thing there's a cap in the NFL – but this is especially going to be a problem with Major League Baseball to where they're just paying these people ungodly salaries. Well, there's a luxury tax in baseball. There's just nothing. And half these, the other thing about that is th- these players in the NFL, they're, they're, their contracts, aren't. most of them aren't even guaranteed. Most I mean, of the them smart, are not. The smart teams put all the money up front and pay for a year, year and a half, two years maybe, and then like on a five-year cut, like, like Patrick Mahomes, $550 million deal, but it's like front-loaded kind of thing. You know, they can mm-hmm. after a couple of years, they can restructure it all, but it looks good on paper and stuff, but it's not like the, the ML, here we go talk about baseball again, which I can't stand baseball, but <laughs> you have a salary cap there and those contracts, if they're, they're, it's, they're written in blood. Like you can't get out of those things. You're, you're SOL. You it's, and it's, that's the way it should be. I don't know why but the it's NFL, still, it's still really sad that there are 20 teams uh, in the NFL that are paying people to do nothing. That's, that's a problem. Well, that is a huge well, problem. What was Hackett's deal? Like a five-year deal? Or six-year deal, something crazy I, like that. Yeah, I think it was like a year. five-year deal. Well, people I mean, run. So, the- yeah, I mean, you're paying that guy for another four years after this, and you got to get a new quarter, a new yeah. uh, a coach. I mean, oh man, it's when you run there with a piece of paper saying, "Hey, hurry up! I want to be the first one to get you." Here's here's the the whole Brinks truck. You know, you take it. You know, you come with us, and you didn't do your homework, or the guy doesn't fit in the system, or you know, this is his first job, and you gave him tons of money, not knowing what was going to pan out. I mean, it's kind of like you have to be accountable for your decisions, unfortunately. that's just Well, there's coaches that become like assistant coaches or assistant to the assistant coaches, and they make a meager salary because if they made more than like $50,000 a year, um, and I say meager on NFL standards, but if they made something like more than $50,000 a year, then their former employer who's still paying them to not work um, would not have to fit the foot the bill. So it's a continuous cycle. It's just, it's just, um, it's maddening to me. And I saw the YouTube deal. I think it's going to cost $300, uh, to do the NFL ticket. What is it currently as a customer? I watch Red TV. Zone. I have no idea what that is. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, I, I used to tell people the, the big thing on the NFL Sunday ticket, um, they did a promotion for a while. It was like, 
$199. Uh, one year they did it for free if you were brand new. Sign up, but that's for individuals. Uh, right. Bars and restaurants. It's uh, one of my restaurants. I paid $10,000 a year, and we were not a huge space. And we paid $10,000 a year for an NFL Sunday ticket. And 10 years ago, we had a load of people come up to watch all the games because we had 10 TVs up there. We had all the games on. Everybody come up. But now that everybody's got HD, 65-inch TVs at home, mm-hmm. we do not see that Sunday NFL crowd that we used to anymore. Uh, well, people I did read watch that they're throw the game to... off, but they don't come hang out and watch the game all day anymore. Like and the price to. still was at $10,000? Because they charge commercial uh, accounts per your seating. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's where people don't understand it. The the at home cost is one thing, but it's the bars and restaurants when you want to go down to your local pub and you want them to have the game on, they're not going to be able to afford it because they can't pay five or ten thousand dollars when you know just a handful of people are coming in to watch out of market games. Mm. Yeah, it's uh that's crazy. That's a lot of money, man. I don't know. I I got that app on my phone. I I got the red zone on my house. And I had the red zone on my phone also that. You know, my son just got and said, "Hey, I got this. Here's the here's the code." Well, I couldn't say that. I shouldn't say that on the internet. Oh, <laughs> never mind. Everybody never does. Mind. It. He didn't mean uh, that. Yeah. So, but, but I uh, mean, but I think that's where it's going to go for a lot of people because the cost is so high. If you can pay like you know fifty bucks for a season for the red zone, and you're a fantasy guy, you're just going to pay fifty bucks for the red zone and watch the red zone. Yeah. Um, and and kind of go it. that route. So. It's worth it. I uh, 100%. I, I enjoy the red zone more than any human being on the face of the earth, I think. It's and like I think that's where, and John, I think that's where this is going because, like, my son will watch a, a game, but his friends, because he likes to watch sports, but his friends will watch highlights on YouTube. And watching the red zone is much more fun than having to sit and watch every single play to some of these kids and commercials and commercials. So I think the red zone aspect is going to continue to flourish. I think that's going to, to, and they're going to have to figure out some kind of commercial revenue for that too. I, I, my neighbor across the street, Joe Castleman, he's in a couple of my home leagues. He watches the bears game, you know, and he's a bears fan. And I'm like, you would better sit here and watch the bears game and watch, you know, commercial timeout instead of the red zone. I go, I don't get it. If nothing happens in the bears game, who gives a shit? You know, I don't want to watch three, three, you know, three plays and a, three runs in a cloud of dust and back and forth in the, you know, the, the kind of the NFC Central type of games all the time. I want to see when Justin Fields runs a 55 yard touchdown. You know, that'll be on the red zone. I don't give a shit about the other plays. I don't want to watch commercials about Aflac and shit. Like when, when the, I know the rest of the games are going on. I love the red zone. It's like crack for fantasy football players. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's absolutely awesome. So I couldn't imagine not having the red zone. So now he's got two TVs. One's got the red zone and one's got that. Or I tell him I'm not coming over anymore. Let's be the fucking red zone. <laughs> well, that's hanging out at JT place. That's what I did in my basement. I put three TVs up. I got red zone on one TV, and then I've got Colts, Steelers, or Bears, or whatever the other major game is on the other TVs. But uh, yeah, it's you gotta have you gotta have that red zone up there. And and I, I used to have red zone on my phone, but it drove me crazy because I was trying to watch it on my phone. But then everybody'd be texting me about the games and plays mm-hmm. and stuff happening, and I'm trying to check fantasy scores, and I'm like having to take down the red zone the whole time to do it. So I'm like, nope, I gotta get red zone on a TV. I gotta add an extra TV to my basement. My everybody thought I was crazy. They're like, really? Do you need this many TVs? I was like, yes. Yes, yes I do. I do. <laughs> Jared yes. Sidham just took over the job in Las Vegas. He's uh, the starting this week instead of Mr. Mister Fantastic. So that's uh, breaking news as of right now on the show. Derek Carr is out for temporarily as a starting quarterback. So 
That would be an interesting one. Do the Raiders finally say it's time to move on for Derek Carr? And do, do they move Carr to someone like the Colts? Yeah. Mm. I mean, that could be that could be an interesting move if you're the Raiders and you're saying, hey, let's let's start over new. And Carr is our most expensive player by far that they're paying for the amount of you know stats he puts up. Carr feels like he would be a guy that would kind of fit in that indie mold. I oh, feel like there's no receivers kind of, in Indy. He would go I to the Jets. Pittman had a bad year, but I don't think it was all Pittman. I mean, they just get in the ball. Paris Campbell actually stayed healthy, and when they got him the ball, he actually looked fairly decent. I like Woods coming up in the future. So, I mean, they still do need some more uh, – uh, definitely need a few more players. But, you know, you get a healthy JT back, get a competent QB, pick up a wide receiver in the draft, and all of a sudden that offense looks kind of good again. Get off the Jets – Bullshit, dude. <laughs> I mean, get off the Colts bullshit. He, why, why would you not go to the Jets with the best defense, one of the best defense in the league? You got three great receivers. You could make, uh, you could make uh, that offense is set up like. I, it, no, I agree. Yeah, I think that's a. I think that's a spot you could trade Derek Carr to too. If you're the Raiders, I definitely. Think you, I, would I think you could look at the Jets and say, "Hey, could we get a decent draft pick?" If if they think they're miracle workers and take Zach Wilson back in the trade. And say, hey, we'll check out Jack Wilson. We'll draft a QB two just in case and see what happens. I mean, I definitely think that's an option too. If you're the, if I'm the Jets and I'm clearly out on Zach Wilson, I'm making a move for a guy because that switch, seems a win now team. A switch and like a third and a fourth round pick or something like that to go with Derek Carr. Absolutely, I'd take that. Yeah. So, all right, I had to stop that terrible cold stock. <laughs> 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 Oh, I make myself laugh too much today. Terrible. All right. So after the current events that just breaking news, uh, we're gonna go. We we're gonna touch real fast on the NFL teams. I got you guys. Uh, if you look on the show sheet, I got your names by a team. Mm-hmm. I'll read a question, then you kind of give me a quick answer. So Pat, okay. we'll start with you. Bears dynasty super flex startup. You're on the clock at pick seventeen or so. Are you taking Fields or Trevor Lawrence? Uh, easy, easy. It's gonna be Fields. Originally, I say that because originally the year before. I wanted Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback of the Bears. And when they drafted uh, Fields, I'm like, this is the same guy, basically. And I like that he runs, and that's the new style of the NFL. They all learn it in college, and it's it's uh, finally uh, becoming the norm in the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, Fields is easy. All right, we got that first one wrong, so. I'm just kidding. I like Justin. I like <laughs> I like Trevor Lawrence a little better than Justin Fields. I think he's more of a he can he can run a little bit, you know, get the touchdowns, get the first downs, get the things you need, and he's still I think he's just a much more accurate quarterback than Justin Fields. I'm not not saying Justin oh, Fields sure, sure. isn't a great quarterback, yeah. but to, if I'm starting a, a real football team, or I mean, yeah, you can get so many yards on you can get so many yards on on running the ball, but the Bears are three and what thirteen now, yeah, uh, you know, and they're it's I know they're rebuilding, but I mean at some point in time. Even with well, bad receivers, let's face it: the Bears have the worst offensive line in their division. It might be the worst in the NFC or the league, but um, help is on the way. Help, help is on the way. Trust me. How long do they wait for help to be on the way before they kind of say, "Hey, you're not the answer"? Like we can't just have you running around all the time and not throwing the ball. Like it's mm. not what we want the game plan to be. Because these guys are professional. Even even the yeah. quarterbacks they have are professional athletes on the team. They they're not supreme talent at wide receiver but they're still the best player that you've ever seen like on your high school team and a college team that's sure. in the nfl you know well so this is his second year with his second coach 
I yeah. think he's got three years tops. But I think what you need to also do is give him some offensive linemen that are worth a damn in Chicago. It's been a long time. I'm patient. I like Justin Fields. I, I oh, it's, it, it is a tough. Obviously, I ask this question because they're both kind of neck and neck. It's not like a holy cow dead giveaway. But I go Lawrence Fields, Justin, JT. What about you? Yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a T Law guy. Um, I just think if you've seen everywhere he's gone, everything he's done in his entire career, high school, college, the guy has been the number one guy forever. Um, and there's a reason he's been the number one guy forever. I mean, I think one bad year with a terrible Urban Meyer situation, to me, as a dynasty owner, it was perfect. I went out and got a, bought a ton of T-Law yes. for way cheaper because people were like, they were down on him. I'm like, are you kidding me? This guy was the clear-cut best player since Andrew Luck at QB, the clear-cut 1-1 for everybody two years ago, three years ago, they would have taken him one, one. And all of a sudden we're off of him. I'm like, ah, you got to do more than that for me to get, to, to get off you on that. So I, I, I traded T law everywhere I could. And honestly, I had a couple uh, fields and hurts uh, shares that I totally traded up for T law and people like ragged me. Like, I can't believe you're giving up those guys. I'm like, I got T law and a draft pick. I'm like sold every day. That's really so, good. So I got T law in like early seconds for fields and hurts. Uh, this off season and a couple leagues. And I'm, I'm like, I just picked up Hertz late in my draft or on the waiver wire really? the year before as a rookie. And now I'm trading for the one, one I'm like, absolutely. I'm making that trade. So I'm a T law guy. That's me. Well, JT, see, that's just- the thing here. Let's, let's be honest here. JT is like sneaky, smart on these things. I'm the guy in the league that hates to trade. And you, I, I, I always defer to him. I go, okay, I, I fall in love with these guys. And I, I see them in a certain light and um, I, I wouldn't be able to make that kind of a trade in real life. I could, but in the, in my fantasy football leagues, I just get fixated on, on the guys that I like. You're sneaky, man. I get it. I get it. I get it. See, so, John's the opposite. He he'll he'll trade anyone, everyone, all day, every day. Really, John just wants to move guys. He's he's I moving tra- moving guys. I, I trade cab. I trade the guys in the bench. I trade three for ones. I trade. I, I take one for three. I don't I don't care. Like I, whatever makes my team better. I don't care. I have no. I don't give a shit who you are. You know, nice. You're off. The team. You're gone. John so, John's like the Patriots man. He just gets rid of you. If you're not helping <laughs> yeah. him right now, he gets rid of you. Yeah. Become system guys. All right. So that was the Bears. And normally speaking on a show, we have tried to keep like each then like 10 seconds. Okay. So sure. I got to remind you. I'll go quick. (laughs) So Bengals is Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon, Justin is Bengals. Is Joe Mixon a buy, sell, hold right now? Uh, Right now, if you've got Mixon, you're holding. Uh, He's got to, you got to hold him because you're not going to get anything for him. I don't think you can get value right now. Uh, If you can trade him, I would trade him, but I don't know what kind of value you're going to return. I don't know if anybody's going to give you a late first or early second for Joe Mixon. So I'm probably hold. No receptions, no goal line carries. He gone. Like, I mean, he's out. Uh, Pat, Bills, Davis, McKenzie, or Shakur as a slot receiver next season, day one? Mm, Which one of them? Um, either Davis or Shakur. McKenzie's one of the two. For sure, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Justin, Broncos, are you trading 224 first for Javante Williams in a win-now team this offseason? Yeah, that's a toughie. I've tried to make a bunch of these trades. Uh, I God, coming off that injury, it's so hard to give up two twenty-four first, thinking that he's going to come back and be healthy right away. My worry would be he only gets half the season, so I'm probably not making that deal. 
John. All right, go. sorry. I was talking to my daughter for a minute because she's going to the thrift store like with her friends, and nobody's done any chores yet. So this is kind of things I have to do when I'm doing. <laughs> I did a I... dishwasher this morning, and I'm like, listen, you guys got the whole first. We're having a New Year's Eve party. These guys, we, our house is like a like a bomb went off. Even though we they got nothing but an Apple Watch or something else, I have no idea how. The whole house turning into Starbucks cups and unwrapping paper and dog treats and stuff everywhere. That's so. the holidays. Yes, I know. But I got on the Grinch. That, that you got. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So, what was the answer to that? Sorry, I got distracted. Short answer: yes or no. You're muted. Now your mic's off, Dustin. J two, you're muted. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a, I'm a pass on that uh, because I just, I'm not, I'm worried about him being healthy the whole season. Uh, future, yeah. I like him, but I wouldn't trade two, two first if I'm a competing team because I don't know if you can count on him next year. I'm waiting till the season starts next year. And if he has a couple bad games, then I'm going for him. That's kind of my, my philosophy right now. Not two first though, probably one first because somebody's going to be selling low, figuring that he's not going to uh, pan out. So that's that's my yeah. Opinion. If you can get like a first or a third, I'd probably do that. Two first is too much for me right now for for Williams. Mm-hmm. I would trade a first and a third to get Javante. Yeah, middle of middle of the late. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pat Browns is David Njoku a top ten tight end going forward? I think he is because um, you've got the you got Deshaun Watson. I think you got to give Deshaun Watson a little bit of time to see what his, his way, patterns yeah. are. Justin yeah. Buccaneers is Brady. Uh, if Brady leaves or retires, do they fire all the coaches? No, I can see him doing that. I think Brady's staying though. Uh, I, I I just don't see Brady moving. But I think they're going to either make a bunch of moves in the offseason or he's going to start pushing some weight around, uh, uh, trying to get guys moved or get himself moved to a team. But I think Brady plays next year uh, for the Buccaneers. I think he plays for the Bucks, but I can see him if they don't make some moves to make that team better, him pushing his way out. Yeah, I think like he's a better candidate for the Jets that I'm talking about. A team that's got a great de- – like like a New England team, a great defense, a decent – because if Brees Hall comes back, a, a decent running game, uh, you know, good receivers, uh, improve the offensive line a little, bit, a little bit in free agency in the draft, and then like that's a perfect team for him. Uh, Pat, Cardinals, will, Ky- will Kyler possibly – with Kyler possibly out the first half of the season, does Arizona just punt on the, all the talent away and build for 2024, 2023, 2024? Well, I, I've been hearing that, you know, Cliff is probably on, on the outs. Oh, he's out, yeah. Yeah. So with him out, I think they just hit the reset button. I mean, J.J. Watt just said he's going to retire. So, yeah, I, I, I don't see why they don't punt. What do you think? I think they're punting. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, Kyler was uh, Klingsbury's guy. Yeah. So I, I could see them moving on uh, from that situation. Yeah. All right. Uh, Chargers, playoff one and done. Justin? Oh, man, the Chargers team. They should be so much better than they mm-hmm. are. Um, I think it, it's going to completely be matchups. I, I can see them upsetting someone for sure in the playoffs, but I think it's going to be a matchup-based game. Um, they, they can play close games. They can score points. It's totally matchup dependent for me, but I think they can win in the. I think they can win a game in the playoffs, at least one. Got to be in it to win it. That's how it works. Pat Chiefs, <laughs> Sky Moore breaks out next year when Juju leaves, or, or or next season, true or false? I think true. Uh, I think if Juju's not there, I think it opens up more room for Sky to break out, be the man. I think Juju uh, is just a little intimidating. It might be a team thing. Justin, why would anyone ever be a season ticket holder for this garbage team? <laughs> 
Uh, I do. I've got shades of Curtis Painter season where we were trying to lose on purpose to get luck. Everybody in the stands is rooting for a loss last uh, last Monday. Uh, People were trying to fake rage that we weren't winning. So I'm feeling flashbacks there. But if you want to be a season ticket holder, this is probably the time to do it. You'll probably get the best seats you can get in a long time with how bad they've been. A bunch of people are going to bail on season tickets. Now's the time if you're going to try to jump on uh, this shit show as it is right now. That's how the my grandpa got his Notre Dame tickets because Notre Dame was so bad. He he signed up when they were almost giving the tickets away. And next thing you know, we were selling the <clears throat> Florida State-Miami game for the price of like three years worth of tickets combined, you know? Oh. so It's a way to do it. Yeah, Patrick, uh, Pat, Commanders, Sam Howell is the future of this team or what? <laughs> Sam Howell. <laughs> I mean, it is the Commanders, so, uh, I mean, maybe Sam Howell will be a, a St. Louis, uh, what are they called, the Skyhawks or the, what do they call? I forgot what their XFL team. Maybe he'll go to the XFL. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I, I, <laughs> hey, Colts, train with the Colts. Battlehawks. We'll take him. We'll take him. Yeah, Justin will take him at the Colts. Same team, the Skyhawks or the Colts, you know, whatever. And they're almost the same. They're the Battlehawks. Battlehawks. Yeah. Battlehawks. Justin, yeah. Cowboys. Should the Cowboys keep the one-two punch of Zeke and Powered for a few more years or just let Powered walk? Yeah, that, that thing's going to come down to cost on them, you know, how much they're going to have left. Uh, I don't know how many they have on some of their stud defensive guys when those guys are up for contracts. I think that's going to make a big difference. I like the one-two punch, but they can't spend an exorbitant amount on Pollard because I just think that's that's just killing themselves. But uh, I did ex-Colt T.Y. big catch the other day. Couldn't believe he was in the game. Big 60-yarder to, to T.Y. So third and you, 30, T.Y. Was it third and 33 or something like that? And he caught that big-ass play to keep the game. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, un- unbelievable. I was like, I was like T.Y. sighting. I was like, hey. At least he did one thing for him. I you don't know if he'll do anything the rest of the year, but he got them that one big one and let him do a win. Yeah. Pat, Dolphins. Should the Dolphins move on for two next season? That is going to be a, a big-time conversation from, say, February to May, I think. Yeah. Uh, so in my heart of hearts, I think he'll stick around. I think he's got a big name. I, I just I think that with him having the concussions or lack thereof in your belief, um, I think that's still going to be an issue. So I, I think he'll be around. I think he'll still be around. I think the NFL hasn't figured out unless he throws a slant and these one of these two guys takes it for a 90-yard house call, nothing gets done. He drives on the field, a couple of big plays, and he gets, they, they stall in the red zone every play. And it's a well, you ball. saw that, that video of him talking to his head coach about how his head coach thought he was a trash quarterback in high school. They were joking about that. Yeah, but still. Yeah. Still. Maybe, I get it. You know, some of those jokes can really lead to some kind of um, – truth sure i get it you know i was never a two a fan I, i'm anytime you're at alabama and you got the best offensive line the best wide receivers the best defense and it's all you got to do is throw it up to these guys who <clears throat> are, are just such a class above everybody else in the entire college football it's like having professional players on your in your college team you know it's not mm-hmm. not even fair those guys i don't really give them much credit you know it's that's just me though it's i like to like you guys are getting these campus can fellows that are doing things you, you you could find those diamonds in a rough that come from a smaller college. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, Justin Eagles, Super Bowl champs. I think they got a great shot. I'm loving this Eagles team. Uh, I think they got an easier route in the NFC than any of the ASC teams do. I think chiefs bills, those guys are going to beat each other up. It's going to be a struggle to get there in the AFC. I think the clearest path is Eagles NFC. Yeah. Uh, Pat Falcons, is Ritter going to make the Pitts fantasy relevant next season? <laughs> well, I think I think JT wishes. So I'll just go with that. 
right. I wish Ritter. I I hope Ritter becomes something for the Falcons, but I don't know. I hope yeah. so. Yeah, it's the play calling more than anything. I think. Uh, Justin, 49ers, who is quarterback one to start next season? Oh man, that's a tough call. I mean, they, they've committed so much to Trey Lance. It's hard to see them not going in with Trey Lance again next year. Um, with a a healthy Jimmy G, he might be a good trade commodity this year. Last year, I think that Mm -hmm. was the biggest issue was he was hurt and teams didn't want to take a chance on him with him hurt. Uh, I still think Jimmy G might be a better quarterback than Trey Lance overall for his whole career. Uh, but I just don't know how you, you just give up on Trey Lance without giving him literally any kind of chance after all the trade, all the draft stock you traded for him. What if, Brock Purdy, wins a, what if Brock Purdy wins the Super Bowl? See, that's another one. If they go and win it with Purdy, I mean, you can't just give the guy the starting job, but man, it's pretty tough. You just won a Super Bowl with a guy. How do you not? It's a great problem uh, they, to have. It is. I mean, that, that that's that will be the talk of the offseason. Somehow the Niners win it with Brock Purdy, and who are they going to keep out of those three guys? It's going to be it's going to be a little bit of a mess. Ah, it's tough. Gi- Pat Giants, are you trading for Isaiah Hodgins right now, or waiting until after the free agency or NFL draft to see what the Giants do? I think he's a guy that he's a flavor of the week, and you got to wait. Good answer. I, I agree with you there as much as I like him. Uh, you know, but I, I don't. I think next year he's going to be number five or something receiver on a depth chart when everybody's healthy and they got some new yep. guys coming in. Plus, he's at UDFA, so he's not worth anything to them. Minimum, minimum cut this guy. So it is what it is. Justin Jaguars. Do the Jaguars bring back Evan Ingram or bring in a blocking tight end uh, when they bring in a couple of stud wide receivers this this offseason? Uh, I, I mean, I thought Evan Ingram was Dunsky, and then he all of a sudden has just picked it up again. He's the guy you remember from what his rookie year for his the Giants, year. all of a sudden, mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's been terrible for four years, five years, hadn't been able to do anything. And all of a sudden he looks great the last couple of weeks. I think he's played well enough that I think they're going to have to try to keep him just because of that. Um, I think Calvin Ridley is going to be a big, interesting thing to see if he does something there. If I'm the Jags, I'm not depending on either one of those guys. I'm absolutely, absolutely looking wide receiver uh, either first or second round of the NFL draft if I'm the Jags. Yeah, I think they're going to have – I mean, if they bring in a stud wide receiver in the draft next year, plus they have Ridley, plus they have all the rest of the guys they already have right now, and they bring back Evan Ingram, and they improve the defense a little bit more. Like, they're a team that's really on the up and up, and that's kind of weird to say that about the Jaguars, but uh, that's good. It's a good problem. I mean, I like to see bad teams and when they're uh, picking things up. But, Pat, Jets, where will Zach Wilson be playing next season, day one? Oh, I wish he was going to be playing for the Patriots, but they don't do that. They don't. They don't make trade unless he's unless he's released. Um, uh, I don't think he could beat out Mac Jones. I, I don't think, think he's getting Josh Rosen. I hate to say it. I think yeah, he's getting, I, I think he's going to bounce around a couple teams. Yeah. Everybody's going to think he's going to get a shot at that team. That's you know they're going to cut him. He's going to be on another team. Like oh well, maybe this is the team he catches hold on. Maybe he gets cut in three weeks from there. He's on another team. I, I he's got Zach Rosen written all over. I mean, yeah, he could be in the training camp with either the Cardinals, the Dallas Cowboys, or even the Indianapolis Colts. And I don't know that he would be able to make it out of any of them. Right. I don't know, man. Uh, the Lions. Who is the starting quarterback for the Lions next year? I, I, I think Goff has played well enough for them to stick with Goff. But I would love to see like a C.J. Stroud on the Lions. I'd love to see if they got him with one of their first two picks. I just think he's exciting. They got a ton of guys on offense uh, that can make something happen. I think that's an up-and-coming team. Um, 
golf has played pretty well though. It's going to be hard to replace them. But if I'm them, you got to think maybe a year or two max of golf. I go get a young guy. And if I sit him for one year, I go with golf or I start with golf and then bring him in halfway through the year, depending on how they're doing. But I'd love to see like a CJ Stroud, especially because me and, uh, me and Patrick has uh, Stroud on our C2C team, and I've got him on another Debbie team, too. So I'd love to see – I really don't want to see Stroud on the Texans because I just think their offense is terrible. Oh, if he goes to the Texans, I know. He's going to kill me, so I really want him yeah. to end up on someone like the Lions that have a, a good pieces around him where he can succeed. Lions? I don't – yeah, it's – I think golf is not the problem there. I think it's just nobody on defense and them having to score 40 points a game. They actually stay in games. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I get it. Pat, Packers. Will the Packers beat the Vikings and the Lions and make the playoffs? No, I think that's it. I I I don't think that uh, Aaron Rodgers has it. So no, no. Good answer. Perfect. Justin Panthers. Do the Panthers just keep just, uh, Sam Darnold for one more year if they make the playoffs? Oh, this is the question. It's like when is Sam Darnold going to completely die or not? It's like he's, he's playing <laughs> decent enough to actually get, get look at him and go, man, maybe he is going to be that guy that finally bounces out, you know, fourth or fifth year. I actually kind of like Sam Darnold, and I wasn't even a Sam Darnold guy coming out of college. I didn't like him that much, but I actually think he he does bring a little bit to the table. Um, depending on where you're looking at other QBs, I think teams got to look at it too. Is like just because you don't love the guy you have. What are your other options? Right. And I'm not sure the Panthers are going to have another great option. So mm-hmm. I think there's a chance they give uh, Darnold a chance unless something else falls into their lap. I mean, they already tried the Baker Mayfield experience. They tried, uh, you know, PJ Walker that neither of those worked out. So I, I, if you can get a whole offseason of Darnold healthy, I think you maybe give him a shot for one more year. I just traded him away. I just traded him away. I just traded away Darnold this morning. So I, uh, in, a, in my game by campus Canton league that I have a hundred million quarterbacks in. Donald was one of the ones I really could. And I had no running back, so I got Darrell Henderson, uh, Greg Dorch, and Zamir White. So, I'm, Yeah, that, that's that. not a bad move. you got a lot of guys. I mean, if you're out on Darnold, you don't believe in him at all, now is the perfect time to move him because you're going to have somebody desperate that needs to play him in a super flex league in the playoffs here. And it's you not, can probably get something for him. I got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I got uh, Caleb Williams coming up. I got, you know, in the, in the year. Oh, yeah, you're years, golden. But, yeah, you, like, you just got to fill in your other spots there. I would never, ever use – Sam Darnold, unless like everybody else just fell off a fucking mountain or something, you know. <laughs> so, uh, Patriots trade Ramondre Stevenson right for, for, for fantasy. Uh, Pat, yeah, trade Ramondre Stevenson if he has a good game this week. Why not? Why not? It's going to be twenty five. It's going to be twenty five, twenty six next year. Yeah, um, and if Harris comes back healthy, they they always draft a running back every year. Why wouldn't you just get Todd Value for him right now? There you go. Yes, I, he's got, I have three teams he's on, and I'm already like I already have trades set up in my fucking inbox waiting to press send. Like I, I was gonna say, to... it sounds like you've already made this trade, so it makes sense. I mean, Raiders. it's pretty fresh in your mind. Justin Raiders is Josh Jacobs coming back after being disrespected earlier and then proving his worth. I mean, I I think they gotta go bring him back. I mean, at this point, he's more valuable than Derek Carr is on that team, which is pretty crazy to say. But uh, I I try to bring him back, but I, it might be one of those things they they might have ticked him off enough. Um, where maybe he says, Hey man, I, I, I did my one and done deal. I, I gave you guys a year. I, I crushed. Now I'm going to take a contract with someone else. The biggest problem is what's that, that market going to be back for some of these RBs uh, in this off season. So yeah, if he can get a deal done early with the Raiders, I think he comes back. I think, I think if it starts stretching out where they don't get something done pretty quickly, I could see him moving on. 
fun. Uh, there's so many running backs in this this year's market. I think the Raiders, their best move is just franchise tag them, give them 30 carries a game again, and just use them up and then say, sorry, man, we're going to move it on you know, the next draft or something like that. But there's no way Josh Jacobs can take this qu- workload for a couple years straight. It's, you know, yeah, I mean, you're getting the best of Josh Jacobs right now. I, I agree 100%. Yeah, I think they franchise tag him if they can and, uh, and hope they get one or two more solid years out of him before – you know, before you start seeing that slippage, I traded jo- I traded for Josh Jacobs before the season started for Zamir White and Baker Mayfield because when he was all that shit was going in camp, I'm like, yes, he pretty much walked me to a fucking championship this year. Yeah, so. that's that's awesome. I, I that was the one guy I wanted a lot more of this year, and I didn't get. I waited, I waited a little too long to pull the trigger on trades, and a little too long to draft him and, and redraft in keeper leagues, and I just missed out on a lot of him this year. I do that all the time, but every once in a while I get lucky. Even the fucking Sun hits a dog's ass a couple of times, you know, once once a day or something, whatever that saying goes, but I got lucky with that. Pat Rams, is Baker the day one starter next season? Only because of injury. Yeah, I don't I I, I don't I don't understand. He's gotta retire. There's no there's no way uh there's no way um What's the name? Is it, will ever come back? I, with all the injuries, he got beat up so bad in Detroit for so many years. I think his body's yeah. just cashed right now. I, th- I think Stafford's coming back. He just said on his wife's podcast uh, last week that he was had no intention of retiring. He was totally coming back. So, may, I mean, he could be just saying that, thinking it now. But I think Stafford comes back. And if he comes back, I think possibly they hold Baker. But I can't see Baker going in as the, the, the day one starter. for His wife ass. is so pissed that he wants to come back, too. She's so fucking pissed about it. Well, I mean, think about it. She's had all these health problems too. Yeah. So now she kind of wants to have some kind of normalcy at home. I'm betting. Yeah. Right. Justin Ravens is J.K. Dobbins a top ten running back in next year's startups. Oh man, that's a, such a hard call with him because people believed in him for so long. You finally got to see some of that that uh, great running power. You know, had a couple good games, then a couple games he doesn't get as much. I think it's a, it's tough to go top 10 on him. I would say probably top 15. Um, if you can get him a little bit later in the startup, I, I probably – I take I wait and see how far he drops. Uh, top 10 is probably a little too rich for me on, on Dobbins on a startup. I wish he stopped having these good games because I was I, – literally he was one of my targets this offseason. Like I was going to try – if he just kind of finished the season out like – with uh, Gus Bus and everybody else kind of sharing loads and not really showing anything, I think next year is going to come back really healthy and probably be a top ten in my book. I, I think he has a shot to be a top ten guy. I agree with you 100. I just don't know if I spend that money in a startup because I don't know how many other people will be on that train. And I think you can maybe get him a little bit later. But he's definitely a guy. Uh, if people are out on him, I'd be targeting him in the off season because I think he could be really good for the Ravens. And we still don't know what's going to happen with that QB situation if they're getting going to bring Lamar back or not. I hope Lamar just sits out and says, "My toe hurts. Sorry, I can't come in the rest of the season." Just sticks it up their ass. So that's uh, up to me. I hope I hope Lamar signs for two hundred fifty million dollars somewhere else to sticks it up the Ravens' ass. Like you know, he did so much for that team for for them to just completely say no, fuck you. Like it's bullshit. Um, but uh, Pat Saints, what team does Jameis Winston start for next season? Is this a trick question? Is he really going to start, though? That's start. the thing. He can start for two teams at the same time. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't. If if I was a GM, I would stay far, far away from Jameis Winston. Far, far. And I'm a Florida State fan. I I just didn't think he had it in college either. Uh, yeah, he's he's not my guy. I don't think he starts ever again. Not, not, oh. not I don't think he's going to be QB1. I just don't think he's QB1. You know how much this hurts my feelings? 
I, I bet, considering what I heard almost an hour ago. Yeah, John's like, I rescind the offer to come back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> just I just don't geez. see a system that will work for him. I, uh, I, I thought if he would have got the shot, this year would have been the year for the Saints. I, I actually yeah. had some confidence coming in that he would be good this year, and they give him a shot. And with them not giving him a shot, it just I think it tanked his value with so we many We drafted teams. him. We drafted yeah. him. He was on our team. Yeah. Uh, yes. Sorry. All right, Justin Seahawks. Is Geno Smith the long-term answer after the last couple of weeks of like mediocrity, mediocrity? Oh man, Geno is. I think he's really cost himself these last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's playing more like everybody thought he would, and all that goodwill of man, what a great story, Geno Smith finally getting it together after all these years in the league. And now I think people go, okay, maybe he was a little more what we thought he was. I just. Man, I could see the Seahawks doing like a bridge deal with him, something, but I just can't see him making big money. Man, I just can't see it. And if I'm Gino's agent, I'm like, dude, you're lucky you got a chance to start. This might have yeah. been the only team in the league that would have let you start. Take whatever they'll give you if they're going to give you another chance to start again. That, um, that Tyler Lockett being out like really kind of sticks it up, you know. It, uh, it's, it's hurt. They've had some injuries, been a little bit, a little crazy. Uh, you know, you know me. I'm a Drew Lock guy. I'm still upset. So I am I. Just like you wanted Winston to start, I was so in love with the fact that Drew Lock getting a chance with the Seahawks and having a good year, and the fact that he's sat the whole season. I'm in the same boat now. I'm just like, I think Drew Lock might be dead. I don't mm-hmm. think there's a chance he gets a chance anywhere because if he was going to get one, it was going to be this season. I'm waiting till after the rookie drafts this year. We got to cut back down to 30 man rosters and waiting for someone to drop Drew Lock, and I'm pouncing like a cat. Right on him. Yeah, same thing. I got Drew Lock on so many teams. I don't even know if I can get him on any more teams. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's up there. Like, I've been holding him on in short benches. I don't even care. I just keep it. I'm like, I can't cut him. I can't cut him. Yeah. I, I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, Pat Steelers, George Pickin, the team's wide receiver one next year? Not if Juju comes back. Uh, no. Um, I want to actually hear JT's take on this because he's the uh, Steelers fan. So what do you, I what think do Pickens you think? is a clear number one. He's so much better yeah. than Deontay Johnson. I think it's crazy. Uh, he's their best so guy. He and is honestly, clearly over Deontay Johnson. I think he's clearly, clearly better than so Deontay. Yeah. And uh, I think, man, if they could just get Juju back, oh my God, I think it would be Juju would be great for this team. Great for Pickett. He can play that slot role, man. Juju would fit perfect on this team. I'm so mad they let him go the first time, but now they don't have Claypool. Juju would be great. I think Pickens is primed for a monster year next year. I'm, I'm going to be getting him and uh, trying to get him in as so many leagues as I can. I just think he's set for a breakout. A monster yeah. year with either KC or with, with Pittsburgh? It doesn't matter where he goes, like a breakout, or like what do you mean? I think, no, I think Pickens is set for a huge breakout year next oh, year Pickens, for the okay. Steelers. Uh, I like Juju in a lot of spots. I think he could be solid, just going to end up where he ends up. Uh, if he's back on the Chiefs, I love him back on the Chiefs. I love him back on the Steelers, but he could end up some bad spots where he isn't yeah. going to be used very much. So Juju's bad, but I think Pickens is set for a monster year next year with a yeah. full year of Kenny Pickett at QB. I think he's going to be a huge year. Cool. Justin, the Texans on the pick 101. Who are they taking? They're on the clock. Anyone but CJ Stroud. Please do not take <laughs> CJ Stroud. Please, please, please. I'm begging you, don't take CJ yeah, Stroud. So everybody's saying they need QB. I think they got to go QB. I'm hoping they're a Bryce Young guy instead of CJ Stroud guy because I'm a CJ Stroud guy and I don't want him on the Texans. So hopefully, hopefully, cross my fingers. It's Bryce Young. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Who do you want that's a bad team? That would, What if the Colts traded up and got him? Uh, CJ Stroud? Yeah. Oh, I'd, oh, I'd be pumped. I'd be all about that trade. I, I think 
I think CJ Stroud on that team could be pretty good. Again, how good the Colts can be next year. It's, I mean, it could be a wash. They could be terrible again, but I think their defense is really good. They had a ton of injuries and if a competent Q, just competent QB play. Uh, I think that that team could win that South. Cause I don't think that South's very good. I think Titans are on the way down big time. Texans are terrible. I think the Jags are the biggest competition in the South. Yeah. A couple, if, if uh, Brandon cooks sticks around, if uh, what's the name? Who's got a good receiver that's got a bad foot right now? Um, well, Nico Collins is Nico out. Collins, yeah. When he comes back, they yeah, they have a pretty they have a pretty decent receiving core. I'm not sure why they're not clicking either. And the defense is doing well. The defense is keeping them in every game. I don't know why they can't just move the ball or run that. You know, whatever. But it is what it is. I don't know. Uh, Pat Titans sitting there. Are they going to sit Derrick Henry this week? Yeah, you know that's kind of the news reports. What's going on? You think they're going to um, do it or just Derrick Henry wants his yards for stats? Uh, yeah, I, he wants the stats, but. How, how many yards does he need? What what does he need? What what are we talking here? I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it's a little bit more than years past when he was close to the two thousand yard thing. Yeah, I I don't know. If I'm Derrick Henry, I, I'm I'm already going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, the game doesn't matter. Just sit it out, bro. And you know you you want to play at least another two three years. Just sit it out. You think he's got two three years of battery ram left in him? Well, how old is he? Twenty six, twenty seven. Well, once they turn thirty, they're old. In the he's NFL. not getting thirty in the NFL with him. He's a big. I don't think a... he will either. I don't think he will either. No. So, and my dog apparently upstairs does not think so That's either. Not... That's right. But, but I, I think he sits. He's got to sit it out. It's, it's dumb. Yeah. To play. The worst thing is if he plays a half and then sits. That's the worst. It, yeah. That's there you know go. Why you wanted to start play like a quarter and a half or it's a half time and then they pull everybody that 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 would be the worst i yeah the league probably wouldn't appreciate that either no my fantasy football teams would not appreciate derrick henry playing at all this week so i'm super happy about him just sitting out justin vikings tj hockinson is now a top five tight end uh if you look at the way the tight end landscape's gone i think he is uh vikings have been able to get him the ball and he's on a good offense for once and so many other guys have been disappointing. I, I think Hawk is finally the guy we thought he was going to be um, when he came out. Uh, I think he's got a lot of uh, good future ahead of him. If you got him, good for you. If you don't got him, try to go get him, but it's going to cost a pretty penny in any kind of premium, tight end premium, or two two tight end, start two tight end leagues. I think you're going to have to bring a, a pretty good offer to steal him from somebody at this point. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's it for the team recap. We're going to do a couple of trades that happen. My, I have a, what's called Mighty McGlynn Home Leagues. They're all uh, people from this Chicagoland area. I found on a Twitter machine or Facebook talks or uh, friends of friends. So out of all these leagues, we have a couple of trades that happen this week. Uh, so mid-23 first and a late 23 fourth for Joe Mixon, both middle-of-the-road teams. Would you rather have a mid-23 first and a late 23 fourth or Joe Mixon on your team if you're in the middle of the pack? Hmm. And for me, I'm probably taking the first. Uh, just I think there's going to be some solid running backs uh, in that range. And if I'm a mid-team, I don't know if my team's going to get good enough by the time Joe Mixon is starting to really, really decline if he's if he's got another year or two. So yeah. if I'm, I'm a mid-road team, I'm probably taking the first. That's exactly what I was thinking. You just can't wait on Joe Mixon to get his stuff together. 
So I, no, I think Joe Mixon's days are behind him right now. If I'm in the middle of the road, and the worst place to be is that if you're you're in the top four good teams, you're the middle four teams in purgatory, or the low four teams. If I'm one of the middle four teams and I can see the writing on the wall, my my max points for scoring shows me that my potential points show me that I'm in the middle of the road somewhere. I'm 100 percent taking this first round pick for Joe Mixon. Uh, Dawson Knox. <clears throat> Me, I'm in the ship, and Dulcich has a possible hammy situation. So this is my trade for Michael Carter and Daniel Bellinger during a playoff team. This is the tight end premium league. So I already have Josh Allen on this team, too. Oh, you do? So so you're getting yourself Knox. You went out yes. and got Knox. I, I like that Knox. move. I love Michael Carter, but I understand that next year he's not. He's going to have a bigger running back committee nightmare when all the running backs are back there. And Daniel Bellinger is, I mean, that's, I think Daniel Bellinger is a little bit of a down. They don't, they don't pass as much as yeah. the, the I, I'm a Bellinger guy. I like Bellinger, but anytime I have a chance to do a double up for a championship, I'm making that move. I think I make that trade, get Knox, because if, if he does have a decent game or you get a touchdown, I mean, you got that double up potential with Josh Allen. I love that. Yeah. I love it too. Thanks, man. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Harris and Keontae Ingram for a 24, not a 23, a 24 mid, probably a mid third. That's a toughie. I like the way I draft. I feel like I'm a pretty good drafter. So I actually like third round picks. I feel like I always get a lot of value there. I'm not hundred percent. Either one of those guys gets a lot of run. Um, I probably would take the third rounder, especially if I'm any kind of rebuild mode. I want as many draft picks to work with and possible trades as I can. This is another one of my trades. So <clears throat> the way I look at it is I have another year and a half to or another two years to trade back for that third round pick. And if either one of these guys ends up getting a starting role because of injuries, whatever, I'm going to get way more in the third round pick for when I trade them away. When James, James kind of yeah. was getting. I mean, if either of those guys hit, you're going to get a third back. At least if even are decent, you'll get a third back for one of those guys. So I don't think it's it's a, a terrible move in any way. I think, you know, obviously, it just depends on your structure on your team. But I I, can, I think it's a pretty even deal, honestly. Yeah, it's not. I don't think there's – if there's not an injury, maybe the third – if anything, these guys are both young running backs too. And I like Kevin Harris. He's fast. He's big. He's, you know, same with Keontae Ingram. They both catch the ball too. So I'm okay with having – I like only having – I only have three quarterbacks on my team because, I, again, I have Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Trevor Lawrence on my team. So I don't ever have – this is a super flex. So no matter what, I'm not going to have more than three quarterbacks. I only have like two tight ends on my team. I have a handful of good receivers, and the rest of them are all just running backs. So that you, just in case something happens, whatever, like my team is – majority of all my teams are running backs. So this is why I made this trade because when those guys pop, they're so much easier to trade than anybody else. Um, Debo Samuel for Derrick Henry and Russell Gage. <laughs> If I was needing to win a title, yeah. I'm taking Henry and Gage. Now the question is, we just talked about, is Henry going to play? I that's your That's your biggest one for you. If I was trying to win a title, I'd probably go those guys. Uh, Debo probably long-term. The biggest question on Debo is, have we seen the absolute max value for Debo after last season? Um, Debo probably long-term. Uh, like I said, if you had, if you're just trying to find guys to plug and play to win a title, maybe you take Henry and Gage. But that's that's because you're swinging to try to win it now. This guy is playing me in the championship this year, and a week and a half ago, he traded away Debo Samuel to win a ship and get Derrick Henry, and now it's going to cost him the fucking championship, and he yeah. lost Debo Samuel. So I knew that man. was the case. Yeah, and that's that, that's that's always the the toughie with these playoff trades. Uh, whenever you have a league that lets you trade during the playoffs, man, sometimes you just gotta suck it up and go for it, and it, you just don't know if it's going to backfire on you. Yeah, it always sounds great when you think, oh, this wins me the title. It's worse when you go, oh, I thought that was going to win me a title and end up screwing me out of the title. Double but, whammy, uh, too. Yeah, that, that hurts. 
This would be the one where Justin would text me and then call me, and I'd be like, "I ah, sit on this one for a second. Yeah. That's the piece of cheese looks so awesome in the mousetrap. Yeah. You grab it, then crap, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yep. Uh, Kyler Murray for Tua. This was again another guy going for a championship. He had Kyler Murray, traded away Kyler Murray. So now we got Tua. He's going to championship with a Tua that's out. He got Malik Willis in 24 second. But, ouch. You know, all said and done, I don't know. I guess. Well, going, are we playing for today? Or are we playing for next season? That's the I mean, thing. This is dynasty, so you're playing for. Yeah. I mean, again, that's you're going for the cha- championship. I think it's an even trade. Uh, Tua with the second, throw Malik Willis in there for whatever he's going to be. If you think he's got a shot to do something in the future, um, that's probably a pretty good package for Kyler Murray. But like you said, this offseason is going to be real interesting to see where Kyler Murray goes. If he's not on Arizona, I still think he's he's starting somewhere. I mean, he's going to be somebody's starting QB, just depending on what system that is. And if it's going to be a better or worse situation than Arizona, I don't know. Um Going for the championship too well, but again, you got screwed with the concussion. Uh, but I think it's a pretty even trade. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Tua, as we all know. Malik Willis, I'm not a. I don't know what's going to happen with Malik Willis. He's a. I, I Tannehill's an upgrade over Malik Willis, as far as I'm concerned. A mid 20, 24 second. I just say mid because I'm not sure where that's going to land. So I always call that a mid. Yeah. I mean, if I was out of it, I would. To- if somebody needed somebody, I would have made this deal to get Murray to get Kyler Murray. Yeah, the guy. I, I, Kyle August, he's in my, you know, home leagues and stuff. He got Kyler Murray because he's actually, he's, he has literally like 32 draft picks in this, in this draft. He's starting the whole thing from scratch. So now he's got Kyler Murray to sit on the bench with a bunch of draft picks. Uh, long-term Kyler Murray is a no brainer for me on this one. Yeah. Uh, I like that move. I like that move. Yeah. So, and then I just traded away this morning. The one I talked about the Sam Darnold for uh, the other two picks, Jamal Agnew and, it was Jamal Agnew and Sam Darnold, and I got Darrell Henderson, Greg Dorch, and Samir White. Uh, so it's pretty much Sam Darnold for uh, Greg Dorch, Samir White, and I like Darrell Henderson too. I hope I think I think Henderson might... finds a spot next year. I I was really surprised that Rams cut that came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he just did something to make somebody angry. Something happened. That was just a really surprise cut because he had been solid for them when he wasn't hurt. And then I thought the Jags stole him, and I was just shocked when they turned around and were like. Nah, we're good. And I was like, really? I was like, I thought he would stick there. I think he finds a home in the offseason. And I think Zamir White, depending on what happens with Josh Jacobs, Zamir White could be that that sneaky buy in the offseason. Everybody's trying to get him, worrying about whether Jacobs is going to get re-signed or sign the franchise tag. If he if that thing lingers, I could see Zamir White's uh, value shooting up big time for the Raiders. Zamir White's going to be a rocket ship next year if something happens to Josh Jacobs, 100%. I, I, I'm banking on that. Greg Dorch? I think he's a better version of the slot receiver in 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 uh, Arizona. So I'm uh, I like Greg Dorch a lot. I don't think he's you know number one, but he, I mean he's definitely a, a not a top three receiving starter, but he's definitely a flex player for any team, I, especially if something happens. Yeah. One of those guys, and like yeah, Darrell Henderson is a good running back. I think unfortunately he's going to be in a rotation somewhere, but I, I most of my team is filled with running backs, like I said before. So if Darrell Henderson goes somewhere and somebody gets hurt instantaneously gone. I got him for a trade for Sam Darnold and my fifth quarterback on my team. And all these guys, so Samir White, same thing with him. If he has a good game, he's gone too. Like I'll, I'll trade all these guys away. I don't, I don't give a fuck. I'll trade everybody away <laughs> on that guy. So, uh, all right. So every year we, uh, every week, every week we real fast guys, we got like five minutes left. Um, we are going to, uh, look at a team. I sent you guys a dream, the team the other day. Mm-hmm. Let me put it up on the screen here. Uh, buh, 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 buh. So let me share my screen. 
I have it too. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Roach a sleeper team. Oh, I get to pick now. They changed something. Every week they change stuff on here. So you could see this team on the screen now, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So the quarterbacks here, it's a super flex. What I like to say, I'm going back to my it is these these are 12 team dynasty super flex PPR tight end premium 0.75, 12 starters, quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, tight end, two flexes, and a 20 bench spots. No roster limits, no pretty much normal scoring with bonuses and stuff like that. So that's where we are for the teams. So he's got Daniel Jones, Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Terry McLaurin, Christian Kirk, Paris Campbell, Fire Move, hmm. uh, Jamal Williams, Ramadre Stevenson, and Jared Goff as oh, starting lineups. Uh, then he's got Cooper Rush, Matt Ryan, Jameis Winston. I'm going to get Jameis Winston before the season kind of starts over again. But Lamar Jackson, who's hurt right now. I, I don't think he's coming back this week either. Uh, Brett Rippon, uh, Benny Snell, Dearness Johnson, Darrell Henderson, Jordan Mason, Melvin Gordon, Jalen Warren, who I like. I, he's a target of mine. Kareem Hunt, which is also a target of mine. Mm-hmm. Alexander Madison, Nick Westbrook, Nick Westbrook, Akine, Tyler Boyd, LaVisca Chenault, MVS, Brandon Cooks, another great target right now. Mm-hmm. Tyler Higby, Robert Tunyon. Then he's got Zach Ertz, Michael Thomas, who's pretty much washed, Rashard Penny, and Darrell Williams. So across the board here, this team – you know, it's it's average. It barely made the playoffs. It was like one of those top mid four teams that just kind of snuck in uh, by uh, by points because he's got a lot of talent on the team, but it's a lot of aging veterans here. And he, he snuck in, lost the first round of the playoffs. So, what do you think about this team? I mean, I'm not excited. It doesn't get me going because uh, when I want to when I want to look at my team every week, I want to see. That I, I I've got points coming automatically from quarterback and receiver, and I'm just not seeing it there. It didn't from his starting lineup. It didn't really get me going. Right, that's the problem. Yeah, that that thing's the issue. Like you said, John, this is an aging team. This is a team that could, can compete, but man, it is real close to falling off a cliff. Uh, you know, you got golf if. He gets replaced. Who knows what's happening with Lamar? It's still like Lamar, but who knows where he ends up? Um, you've got uh, who is Daniel Jones? I think he's earned another year at least for the Giants. But I mean, I'm hoping Daniel Jones is my QB three in a super flex, not my QB two. Uh, and you just don't know with that golf situation. Uh, Eckler, Aaron Jones, like them, but how much workload are they losing lately? Um, AJ Dillon's get a lot more for, for Aaron Jones. He just makes me nervous. Uh, I like his tight ends, actually. He's got a good tight end crew in there with Muth and Ertz and Higby and Tanyan. So he's actually got some decent tight ends. Uh, I don't know which – I'm not sure what you said your premium was on the tight ends. 0. 0.75. 0. 0.75. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that's a pretty decent on the tight ends. I like that. I like Terry McLaren. I like Kirk. It's just, man, Stevenson, we talked about. How much more has he got? Jamal Williams, I – feel like Jamal Williams got the most you're going to get out of him this year. If you had him on a team, you hope you had him on a best ball team because he's a guy I did not want to start this year. But if I had him in best ball, he worked out pretty well in best ball. Oh, I'm just not sure what trades you can make to really pump this team up. Because, again, yeah, you got Melvin Gordon, who's pretty much done. You're hoping Henderson gets a chance. Really, he needs Kareem Hunt to get traded 
somewhere where Kareem Hunt can get a chance. I do like Jalen Warren, but he's a clear backup. So it's, oh man, it's tough because he's got guys that can, like you said, put up points, but I just don't know if he has enough winner, like league winners, as guys that are going to blow up and have huge days in order to get him over the hump. The worst part about this is that he traded away. He's got a 23 fourth and fifth. That's it. In 23 fourth, he's got in 24 in 2024. He's got what looks to be a mid to late third, a fourth and a fifth. And that's it. He traded away his first and second picks in the next couple of years. So, yeah, it has a feel like the team where he made some trades to try to get those guys to get him over the hump. And they're just not enough. It's just not enough of those guys to, to, to put them over the hump. Oh, yeah, he's he's in a tough part because this is one of those mid-teams where you're like, okay, I don't have any draft picks. I have some teams like this. I don't have any draft picks. I went for it. It wasn't enough. I didn't get enough big games out of guys. And now I'm like in that limbo where I'm like, I, I almost have to double down and keep trying to get aging veterans that will get me over the hump because I don't have enough draft picks to rebuild. Oh man, yeah, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. I mean, you say he's got good. Uh, Tyler Hibby had a good game last week, uh, like an incredible game. But I'm not sure he's a, uh, you know, a, a, I think they're gonna bring in another tight end next year for that team. Zach Ertz is already 31 years old, and you know damn well they're moving on from him soon because they have a, you know, a, a really good, uh, as far as I'm concerned, a really good tight end coming up in the wings. Robert Tunyon, he's touched on dependent as far as I'm concerned. He's not a real good, crazy tight end. Uh, I'm I, looking... I like Muth. I like Muth and Ertz. I should have said that. I, I love Muth. Yeah, you I did. Think, I, you did. I think I think Muth has a shot. If Kenny Pickett becomes the guy that I think the Steelers think he can be, I think Muth has a real shot at being a top three, top four every year tight end going forward. I really think he's got that kind of talent. If he can get that kind of target share, um, I think he's got that that ability. I don't think Ertz is done. He was actually really productive this year until he got hurt. Um, he might be done on the Cardinals, but I could see him finding a home with someone. I think he's decent. But again, maybe if I'm him, maybe you're looking for a guy's looking for something and they give you something decent for Higby or they give you something decent for Ertz and you can maybe get a draft pick in there. Um but that's the problem with him right now is, you know, I like Jones. I like Eckler. Do they have enough to put you over the top, especially with your QBs? I mean, you're going in every week going, I need a monster game out of Jones. I need a monster game out of golf. And, and again, Lamar, 100% MVP Lamar, this team looks a whole lot better. Absolutely. The Lamar, we, the Lamar we've got the last two seasons or year and a half of Lamar, I've got him on a team with very similar to a team like this where I have Lamar and Daniel Jones. And it's like every week I'm in the mix, but I just don't have enough. Those guys aren't giving me enough punch to to put me over the top and win a lot of weeks. I'm in every week, but they're just not winning me stuff. I'm the same way. I made the playoffs just barely, and then I got bounced early with this lineup, especially with no Lamar in the in the lineup. So uh, if he's going to make a splash splash, maybe you try to push Lamar and hope you can get somebody that's really likes Lamar and he can give you a bunch in return. But if you sell Lamar, you basically need to sell Eckler and Jones and say, Hey, I'm restarting. Or like I said, you got to go the other way and try to see if you can get some aging vets from guys that are just ready for them to tank. Maybe you go out and get a Tom Brady, maybe for super cheap, uh, but, but yeah, you're, he's in a tough spot here because, because there's not an easy way to rebuild this team. Uh, and, and there's not an easy way to make him a championship contender either. I, I think you got to hope you make the playoffs and guys go off. 
<laughs> and you just luck out because I just I, I, I don't know where else you can go from here. No, like Brett Ribbon, Red Ribbons are like you know he's pretty much nothing. Jameis Winston, we're not sure of his future, so you have to wait until the season starts next year and hope for an injury to sell Jameis like ASAP to whoever. When you know if he gets a job somewhere, Matt Ryan's probably going to retire. Cooper Rush is what he is. I mean, he's not even when he has chances to play, he hasn't shown anything. Daniel Jones, I think maybe he's been playing better. The running ability is not, I think it's a little bit overrated for him, but he's, he does run pretty well. Not a great passer. I, I think he's got one more year left to them proving them to that, what the giants are. I think they had a really cush, cush schedule this year and now they're blowing it. So Jared Goff, again, we talked that I can see one more year out of him too, but they're going to move on from Jared Goff. Eventually Lamar Jackson is pretty much all you have as a long-term asset. I would literally, I think I would pretty much uh, besides Jackson, I would try to trade away, Jared Goff and Daniel Jones ASAP. Same with Austin Eckler. He, if I didn't make the playoffs this year, like I'd, I'd be trying to sell Eckler and Stevenson right now to anybody who's in the championships. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, if you can upgrade these, give me your first round picks. Give me a couple, a young receiver and a second, couple second round picks, something like that. Uh, Aaron Jones, same thing. You already see that he's starting to take on some injuries. Kareem Hunt. <clears throat> a lot of people still like Kareem Hunt. He's got a lot of name value. He's someone I'd trade for, uh, you know, maybe a late second, a couple early thirds kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Jamal, I mean, after that, you're not getting shit for Jamal Williams. He had a good season, but he's starting to get injuries, and he's very super touchdown dependent. He's a goal line back, and he's and he's his time in Detroit's probably done. Jalen Warren is somebody that he's a handcuff. You got to stick on. You got to keep him. And then Madison's gone out of uh, out of Minnesota this year. His contract's up, depending on where he lands. I keep him until he gets a good landing spot, and maybe get rid of him too because he's already 27. And then after yeah. that, Jordan Mason, Melvin Gordon, Darrell Henderson. You know, possibly Darrell Henderson might get it land somewhere. Rashad Penny's done. Darrell Williams is done. Benny Snell's done. Dearness Johnson, he's. I think he's a little bit underrated, but I think uh, the, the the Browns already had their. You know, he might be in a three man rotation next year when uh, when Hunt's gone. As far as receivers go, McLaurin, Christian Kirk. I McLaurin's great, but See, again, I like McLaurin and Kirk. But man, if those are your two best wide receivers. Yeah. That's what that's the problem. You're just not getting enough punch. You don't get enough scoring. I mean, I love those guys as my second, third, or yes. my third and my flex wide receiver. But if those guys are my top two, I'm you're and you're probably in trouble. And I'm in a couple leagues where Paris Campbell's my third starting wide receiver, and you can guess my teams aren't great in those leagues. Uh I don't mind Paris as a flex play, but man, if you gotta start him every week, yeah, that's rough. He's got the t- Tyler Boyd, Paris Campbell, those are just Brandon Cooks, who he he wants to go somewhere else next year. Still, a really, really. Brandon really Cooks receiver. got some value if he ends yeah. up somewhere else. He Absolutely. just hates the Texans. He hates yes. them. He wants all that team so bad. He's trying to figure out every way not to play. I mean, he's just inventing ways not to play every week at this point. So if he ends up on another team, that's the one thing you can count about him. He's produced no matter where he's been, no matter what. So he's a guy at least is going to have some kind of value, even though he doesn't have a big name. But you're just hoping he ends up on a team that's good uh, because that's that's the issue with him. When that trade deadline passed and he didn't get traded, I thought he was going to get a thing of gasoline and start the fucking middle of the field on fire. Oh, I know. I mean, I was like, dude, this guy might just lose it. I mean, he was. I was like, right he was. So. He was not happy Furious. about that. Yeah, MVS. I we know he's a, just a best ball player. Nick Westbrook, Akine, again. You know, people had some hopes for him, but now we know what he is. Lavisca Chenalta, a name guy. I, I you know, I I take a shot at him somewhere for a fourth round pick or something like that. Michael Thomas is washed, so I I would be literally. I, 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 to be honest with you, like I think I would take every one of these things that's worth anything right now, besides Firemuth, and just start from scratch and just say, hey, what can you give me? What can you give me? A couple seconds. And I, to be honest with you, I would try and get 
a mirror image of what I got in in 23 and also a 24. So get like a 23 first and then like a late or early 23 second for guys, you know, get, I mean, 24. I'm trying to get 24 picks for these guys. Because a lot of guys on here aren't that good, but they can probably possibly help somebody as flex players. I w- I'm asking for 24 picks for a lot of these guys because 24 comes pretty fast. You know, it'll be yeah, and people are really holding on tight to the 23 picks. For, they for really like reason. those guys right now. But yeah, I, I, if you look at your team like this, you got to say, hey, if I'm rebuilding, I'm at least two years out, maybe three. Yeah, I'd offer up for those 24s. I've seen guys, you know, hey, Eckler, I don't want to give up my 23 for Eckler, but I'll give up my 24 for Eckler because that's right. two years away for me. Cool. So, you so give me a 23, I mean, a 23 second and a 24 first for Eckler. Yeah. Yep. I, yeah, I would, I'd be down to make those moves. And, and the key is, though, is once he pulls the trigger on one of those moves, he's got a full-fledged be working, the, working right. it with everyone and be pushing and trying to make – because if you make one or two trades, I don't think it's going to get done for you. you got to make three, four, five trades mm-hmm. of some of these guys to really yeah. get yourself a shot at rebuilding. You're pulling the plug on the bathtub at that point in time. It's all it's all downhill from there. Like, it's you got nothing left. So, yeah, I get it. Uh, that's I don't think there's a trade here that's going to – like, two-for-one trade It's really going to prove this team because, if you, like you said, you get rid of one or two guys at any position here. That gets all downhill. So, all right. Uh, that's about it. So, anyway, Patrick, why don't you uh, tell the listeners after two and a half hours? Yeah. Toronto Dave says, hey. Hey, hey. Football What's up, Toronto years. Dave? Absolutely. What do you want me to let them know about the Illini Guys Radio Network? Yeah, all where the they stuff can you find wanna... you, all your good stuff. Well, if you go to IlliniGuys.com, you'll find the radio portion. And let me go to the site so I make sure that I'm pointing you to the right place. But if you go to IlliniGuys.com, um, you can hear our radio show every weekend. Most of the stations that um, are on our uh, radio network are in the state of Illinois. There's a couple in like Wisconsin and Iowa. But it, most of them air the show on Saturdays uh, in the morning. Some are on Fridays from 5 to 7. The, the prime spot is the 9 to 11 uh, time slot. And then if you're in Chicago, you want to listen on WLS. Uh, it's from 6 to 7 on Saturdays. So, yeah, if you go to the IlliniGuys.com and then you click on radio, um, you'll see it. You'll see our time schedule. So wherever you live where, throughout the state of Illinois, or if you want to, you can, like I listen on the TuneIn app, and uh, I just find the station that I like. And then I get up in the morning on Saturdays and listen back to the show. So if you want insider information, if you want things before things get published or things are put on Twitter, you can go to IlliniGuys.com. You can get a subscription there. I believe it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's like 10 bucks for the, for the whole year. It's either that or 20. I can't remember, but it's a whole year. And then you get different prizes. You get uh, like uh, sweatshirts and things like that. I've got a couple of those, um, but it's a fan forum. And you, you hear about who's coming to Illinois, who's decided to not come to Illinois. It's heavy on football and basketball. Um, so you, I can't tell you how many things I hear ahead of time before it actually gets published. I see in these forums. Anything to help people with betting? <laughs> Originally there was, but we backed away from that because that audience didn't want to hear about betting, but yeah. um it may come up again. I mean, there's a guy named Bernie Frado with uh Fox Sports Radio. He's got a show on the weekends. 
he's used to do uh, like Michigan Wolverines and and Detroit Lions coverage. He now uh, works for a casino in Las Vegas. Um, I'm trying to get him on the show um, to talk lines every now and again. And then we also have another show called Big Sports Radio, and this one's broadcast in Boston, Nebraska, Chicago, Champaign. Um, it's down in Florida in a couple markets, uh, all the way in San Francisco. We're branching out to San wow. Francisco because the Big Ten is growing out west, so it makes sense to expand that way. So, yeah, if you go to Big Sports Radio or lineguys.com, you can hear the show. You can download the show uh, in podcast form wherever you download shows. So it's it's really good. We When I say we get top-notch guests, we do. Um, you know. Uh, my, my white whale, yeah. <laughs> my white whale is to get uh, my guy Dick Buck, yeah, Dick Dick Butkus. If I could point, yeah. So, hey, Butkus. <laughs> so that's the guy that I want to get on the show. But we usually have um, like an insider from a Big Ten school, or um, you know, an op- opposing school, and we've got, uh, I mean, experts from Ohio State to Wisconsin to Indiana to Purdue. Illinois. I mean, we're good. I love the Big Ten. That's my favorite conference by far. So, me too. Yeah. All right, JT. Uh, same thing. Yep. Just find me on JT Orange at on Twitter uh, at JT Orange. I talk a little bit about everything, uh, trades, anything, BS, music related, sports related. I'm on all that stuff. So. Hit me up there, or if you're uh, on in the Discord pages uh, on Discord, I'm on Dynasty Theory Discord quite a bit, chopping it up about trades, Devi, C2C stuff, that kind of thing. Where I'll a lot of stuff I go over with those guys, I bring to the show, um, trades and things I've seen happen, or kind of what's uh, going there. A lot of good guys that have a lot of knowledge there, so I hit up that uh, that space quite a bit as well as well as Twitter. And then you can always find me here whenever John uh, doesn't get mad at me and lets me on the show. Then I I'm here on <laughs> on the Commission Evaluation Podcast. JT, it's fun having you on here all the time. I like when it goes more than two and a half hours. But you know, as much as I joke about it, this is my hobby. This is what I do once a week for fun. So if it goes five hours or two hours or forty five minutes, I don't care. I like having a great time. And JT, you bring the fun and Pat, thanks for coming on here today, man. It was absolutely awesome. I really appreciate yeah. all your insight. You got a great voice. You got a great uh, attitude. You got a great everything, man. I can't wait to listen to your stuff. Oh, thanks a lot. I appreciate you having me on here. And I, I believe it's $10 a month for that subscription. $10 a month. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to get you back on here when we talk a little C2C. Yeah. the draft here. We're going to have to uh-huh. talk about a little college guys, a little Big Ten action. That's uh, my special. A lot of, lot of, lot of moving in the Big Ten football landscape, I think, with quarterbacks and running backs. It's going to be pretty interesting this year, I think. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. That's, I, I'm learning. You guys are probably have three steps ahead of me as far as this goes. So I'm learning a lot. Uh, and the only thing we can do is talk about it, learn from you guys, have a couple more good guests on, and just kind of learn from each other. And that's what it's all about. So. Thank you so much for being on today, guys, and thanks for being part of the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast. I really appreciate you guys spending your time, especially on a Wednesday afternoon, just, you know, shooting the shits here. So thank you very much. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, man. Bye, everyone.